Hop on the old drum tag. Hop on the old drum tag. It's where all the gamers come grave and rant. So hop on the old drum tag. Sit back, relax, cause it's time for the drunk tag. Yeehaw! I feel like I'm back in Alabama. <laughs> I feel like there should be small cartoon animals clapping along with that. Thing. That was my favorite one yet. That was a good one. I liked it. I don't know. I, I think every week we say it's our favorite one. That's different. No, not every week. Oh, no, not you. Yeah, that's right. Do you know, I've lived in Texas for most of my life, and I've never yelled yeehaw. That's a fucking blast. That's the first time you've ever said <laughs> yeehaw in your life. Just yelled it like that? That's fun. Now I know why people do it. <laughs> Tomorrow you're going to come into work with a cowboy hat and spurs on. I finally understand Yosemite <laughs> Sam. <laughs> He, he was just hungry. He just wants to eat a rabbit. I can't Nothing wrong with that. Did you ever see the uh, explanation of why Wiley Coyote is chasing Roadrunner? Did you ever see that cartoon? <laughs> no. And he went. Oh yeah, he goes through the dialogue showing like all the different cuts of meat on the Roadrunner. Right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And how each part of the Roadrunner is delectable and tastes different. Like there's a banana pudding section. And there's a filet mignon section. And of course, the Roadrunner is so tiny that they're all just like tiny little slivers. Hey, let's. Uh, yeah. Let's finish this up and go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty hungry now. I think Where can we get some Roadrunner? Do they have Roadrunner at Cafe 616? We'll see. I think yeah, I, yeah. that was the point at which I really started to switch and wanted Wiley Coyote to catch the Roadrunner after I saw that cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Between that and seeing uh, cartoon steaks all the time? <laughs> you yeah. know, I, just, I saw the infographic. It's like a metaphor for today's media. Once you see the pretty graphic, you're like, that makes sense. He's making really good points. I think he should eat the Roadrunner. <laughs> This is why we love USA Today, right? Infographics. The exactly. The, the Roadrunner needs to take one for the team. The hungry team. Are you referencing the fact that Fark partnered with USA Today just this morning? Yes, I am, actually. Wow. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, USA Today and Fark announced a partnership in which, and the weird thing is, I found out about this, and actually Drew, who owns Fark, linked it on his Twitter account, and he linked to an article on earthfirst.org. That was the organization that announced that. Um... And so they're partnering for their Geek Tab. I'm not exactly sure exactly what they're doing, but yeah, Fark is now partnered with USA Today. If only there was some other news organization he could have linked to. Yeah. Who, who can we partner it? with? We need to partner with someone now. I'm sorry, it's earthtimes.org. Oh. Earthtimes.org. Is that like the, the green version of Reuters or AP? What, what, well, I don't know. I wouldn't think that Fark is an overly environmental <laughs> or USA Today. You want me to read the uh, opening here? Yeah, whatever. USA Today, the nation's top-selling print newspaper and a leading online destination, I know it's in my book, <laughs> announces a unique partnership with Fark.com, the news aggregator and edited social networking news site. Starting today, USAToday.com's tech section, the one-stop guide for all things technology, will become the exclusive host and sponsor of the Geek page on Fark.com. The page is available at Fark.USAToday.com. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for Drew. Uh, that sounds like a really cool deal. I can't think of anything positive to say about USA Today, though. I, I, I've seen it many times at when's the hotels. Last, when's the last time any of you guys read USA Today? The only time I ever read it is when I look at the headline to get it out of my way so I can walk out of my hotel room. Yeah, I see it at hotel rooms a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, right? But that, that, like back when, I'm sure this is the case for everyone, but when I was a journalist, USA Today was like the joke of journalism. You know. Well, I really like the connect the dots section. <laughs> That's fun. Well, here's something. I read an article <laughs> yesterday about how the guy who's running Twitter says that uh, he would take the IPO route if necessary. He just raised another, I think, $200 million from, I guess, T. Rowe Price, an investment 
company and another venture capital company, two hundred million dollars. Why? And he says that. Can you repeat the name has, of the holding says, company so we can all sell our shares in it? Well, here's the, here's the thing. He says, uh, it, you know, if he needs, I guess, more money, he's valuing Twitter. He's valuing Twitter at he believes a billion dollars. And uh, so, if you're in T. Rowe Price, or I think it was Insight Venture Capital, something like that, like an independent bunch of investors, I guess basically the plan would be, you know, to take this thing IPO. And if you're in T. Rowe Price or you're a venture capital person, that's when you cash in when it's IPO'd. And then the you know whoever the firm is, they're going to add you know make advertisements about it, get sucker investors to invest in it, and then that's when you sell. Right. Hmm. You know because what's what's the What's the curve on Twitter, right? I mean, I don't know. Right now, it's a name. Well, people I don't have been, know how people, you come people have been saying that for a while, but God. it doesn't make any money. Yeah, it's got to end soon. It doesn't make any money, but as long as you have a name and and people who are sucker investors to line up, it's just going to keep going. But the thing about that, though, Gus, is people have been saying it for a while, but Twitter hasn't been around very long either. You know, not three three years. Well, I'm saying not in the spotlight. It hasn't been around that long. I see. People have been saying that about Twitter. During its peak, it, that's kind of weird. Like, there's no, there's, there's nothing that says late '90s to me than like a tech company that people don't quite understand. They know they know the name, they think it's cool, but yet it doesn't make any money. Yeah, they have no way to make money, and they're just like, "Well, it, it's I know the name, it's popular. I should invest in that." Especially if it's a goofy name like M- Twitter. Maybe right. we just don't understand it. Maybe it's like another Craigslist where. It doesn't have any visible way to make money, and then years down the road, you figure out, oh, they were selling ads in New York all the time. But he, yeah. I mean, he's he stated that they're not profitable, right? Yeah, Is yeah, they? I think so. Well, I mean, how, how could they be? What's their source of revenue? Exactly. I mean, it's it's one thing to not be profitable. It's a totally different thing to have no revenue, no money coming in. I don't. Know, he, I think he said that they have some money coming in now, and maybe when you start hearing terms like 2011. They're looking at some Nigerian <laughs> investors very seriously right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't some it. royalty, maybe wanting to give them some money. They're trying to work out the details. Speaking of 2011 and profitability, not to change the subject, but did you guys see that Sony pushed back their profitability forecast to like 2013? Sony? Yeah. Does that mean all, all, of, Sony? all of Sony? All of Sony. Or... Ouch. Yeah. They're hoping the PlayStation will be profitable by twenty, the end of 2010. But Sony as a brand was supposed to be profitable by, I think, 2012, and now they're saying 2013. Shit. 2012, wow. huh? Fucking, yeah. There was a rumor that IBM was going to halt manufacturing of the cell processor, and the official press release that IBM put out in response to that was, we'll keep making the cell processor as long as Sony wants it. So I guess there's no other use for this thing, and that's all they're going to make it for is just for the Sony. Wow. That's like the corporate equivalent of, you can crash at my place. (laughs) (laughs) Things are going hard. You know what? You can just sleep on my couch. That's fine, buddy. We're, we're here for you. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, Apple when they used the PowerPC chips and Motorola was making them. It was like, yeah, we'll make a few every now and then whenever hey, you hey, need them. Do you guys <laughs> want to talk about that uh, copy of the patent for the uh, podcast? You guys want to talk oh, yeah, that we got contacted because well, – I, I want to hear Joel explain it. No, no. Now go ahead, Joel. You so, brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's these aliens. <laughs> <laughs> there's a company called Volo Media, and we're getting all this secondhand because somebody contacted us. But Volo Media apparently has – a patent and has been awarded a patent on podcasting where there's very specific language in it, something along the lines of it allows people to get a subscription and download regular content based on their subscription to that show. Right. And that would essentially be podcast. I think they said periodic content. Periodic, regular content, whatever. You know, episodic content, I think was in there as well, Uh, perhaps. So this company now could then 
kind of get a stranglehold on the whole podcasting economy. Oh, no. Watch out. <laughs> um, but it is it is a pretty far-reaching patent, and it's one of those really scary broad patents. And somebody contacted us because uh, the EFF, which is the Electronic Foundation Frontier Frontier Foundation. Gus, what is it? The EFF. Electronic Frontier Foundation. Thank you very much. Um, apparently, they're looking for someone who was doing this kind of thing before they filed and were awarded their patent, which was sometime in September of 2003. And we've been contacted by some people because we started Red versus Blue April 1st, 2003, in which we had a subscription model, Yep. unlike a lot of sites, which I, we go back to Twitter. Why doesn't Twitter offer pro accounts? Why don't they just do that? It's easy. Just people love Twitter so much. You put a little bird by their name, you know. Give them an you're, extra you're, five you're, characters. God damn it! You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to. It's got to be the pattern where it's just like we're going to suck up as many users as we possibly can until we have to throw that down, and then because that's when you got to start losing people, right? Right. I guess so. I guess so. I don't. I don't know how you can go into business and do that. Like, how do you just set up that this is what I'm going to do with my life? I'm going to start a business that doesn't really have a value, just so I can sell it to somebody in like some kind of weird gotcha moment and. You know, haha, I'm out. See ya. But, uh, you know, in April of 2003, we started offering Red versus Blue as episodic contact and content. And then later in 2000, or excuse me, later in April, we introduced our sponsorship model, model, our subscription model, which was actually a paid model, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they contacted us saying, hey, you guys predate this thing. Would you be interested in helping bust this patent? Hell yeah. <laughs> Why not? Now, why would we bust it when we can own it? <laughs> Apparently, we did it first. Every, yeah, but this, we never we, filed the patent. We can we can make the drunk tank the only real podcast on the internet. <laughs> Everyone else is just People an imitator. Love <laughs> that. You went to iTunes <laughs> podcast. It was just drunk tank, right? Big icon right in the middle. That's we had it. to like divide up all the responsibilities of all the other podcasts. Like us would have to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. I, I uh, I'm not a big fan of patents on things that everybody knows about anyway. And just some jackass had the idea. Oh, I'm gonna fill out the form before anybody else thinks to do it. <laughs> I don't know. What? I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure you would feel different about it if you were the jackass who sort of came up with some sort of technology. Well, gee, gee, not, why, is, but, but why it, wait till the end of 2009 to bring it up? It, it's too broad. Well, maybe, is the he, problem. maybe this particular jackass is wrong. The, listen, but, this isn't some dude. Sitting in a lab who came up with this idea of delivering episodic content automatically through the internet. I mean, what the fuck? Everybody knows about that. I mean, it, it <clears throat> it's so dumb. It doesn't need it. Like, I patented breathing. Fuck it. You all can't breathe. You owe me money. Exactly <laughs> right. No. I hold it. I patented. I'm going to patent holding my breath for 13 seconds. So anybody who does owes me 15 cents. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's not like, trust me, we, we talk a lot about piracy. In fact, we caught a lot of shit last week about that we're apparently not PC gamers, that people think that we don't like PC gaming. We love PC gaming. I don't think I think we've talked about PC gaming more than anything else with the fucking World of Warcraft discussions that Gus always has. And the fact that we're all going to play Old Republic the second it comes out. Yep. I think people confused our hatred of people who whine about irrelevant shit on the internet with PC gaming somehow when we were talking about Modern Warfare 2. Um, anyway, I lost, I'm lost in my own train of thought here. What were we talking about just before this that led to PC gaming? We're talking about patents. Oh, no, no. I, think... I was going to say, clearly we like intellectual property. We vocally say how much we don't like piracy. I see the value of patents and allowing people to make if, money from their intellectual property. If they're legitimate. Yeah, but this is not. I mean, right. this is some guy like, oh, this is something everybody's thinking of. Nobody. I like all the side businesses that spring up where it's like if something becomes popular, it's like, well, maybe how can we just get Apple to settle? Yeah. How can we just get Apple to settle? Yeah. That's exactly They have lots right. of money. 
It's like that. Uh, didn't isn't aren't Nokia and Apple in uh, suing each other right now over some mobile technologies? I, I think I think they're uh, Nokia sued Apple. Apple countersued. It's this whole thing going on now. TiVo is making a lot of money suing people at this point, and that, that mm. I mean you could kind of make the argument that they have the ability to do that, but digitally recording video. I mean, once again, is that really that novel of a concept? People were doing that. I was doing that in 1998 when I was making movies. Hmm. I think the the thing they were doing, though, was the whole scheduling thing and having it integrated with uh, programming so you don't have to – it's not a manual process. Right, right. You, you, know. you know you've arrived as a company when you're getting sued by people. This is just how it is. No, no, no. Don't I don't I don't ever want us to arrive as a company. Not then. entertainment companies, for the love of God. Good lord. What's wrong with you, Joel? Jesus. I don't know. Hey, did you uh, hear that jailbroken iPhones got uh, worms again? They got viruses? In Scandinavia, right? Yep. Apparently, if, you're, if, you're fo- if you have a jailbroken phone, you're susceptible to another virus how, that how puts do... a worm on your screen. Oh, That's how... how you know you have it. <laughs> what is how, it. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, we talked about it once before where, uh, I guess that Dutch hacker was doing this and... Uh, he was hacking people's phones. He would lock them out of their phone and tell them if they sent him five euros that he would unlock their phone. Oh, my God. I love bastard. it. Um, I love it. I personally, you know, if you jailbreak your phone, fuck you. You know, <laughs> you uh, like, like we're talking about piracy. You're obviously doing this to, you know, get circumvent DRM and <clears throat> steal stuff. So you get what you deserve. In fact, I hope Apple's doing this. I hope Apple's writing these viruses. Really? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I don't care about that kind of thing. I mean, that's their that's their uh, if, if they're using it to get like. I know someone who has a jailbroken phone, and the reason she has a jailbroken phone, is she says she can download all the apps on the app store for free. Oh, oh. there you go. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's. I mean, you think about that. I don't know that person, do I? Uh, maybe. Hmm. At, at that point, you're not just <laughs> taking from Apple and AT and T. I mean, the people who make the apps for the store tend to be single programmers working in a bedroom somewhere. Yeah, like the fucking. <laughs> Making the how world's worst fucking programs of all time. <laughs> how many how many apps does this girl have on her phone? Oh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked. Give her the it's worm. A, it's a buck. <laughs> That's a nice out of context. <laughs> Just give her the worm, dude. That'll solve any problem with some. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Speaking of apps, Foursquare. Hey, yeah. Do you like that? I'm I'm in love with it. Yeah, yeah Jeff and I have been looking at Foursquare as an alternative to Twitter. It's like it's like an active version of Twitter, essentially. What's that? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Foursquare is a social networking media community bot thing that you go and download an app for your iPhone. And Jeff, why don't you describe what happens from there? Well, you download an app from your iPhone. Okay. (laughs) No, you download this app, and then you turn it on, and it says, hey, uh, do you want to find all your friends using Foursquare? And you say, absolutely. So then I have, like, Bernie and Griffin, and uh, I think Nathan's using Foursquare as well. And then what you do is when you go to a location, like, say we're going to go downstairs to the hideout to get some coffee, you go to Foursquare and check in and say, hey, I'm at the hideout. And it lets all of your friends know Bernie's at the hideout getting coffee. And then it keeps a record of how often you go to places. And if you go to that place more than anybody else, you can become the mayor of the hideout. And take it away from somebody else. So why don't y'all tell me about this? I see y'all are friends with Nathan this is like now, the huh? Perfect stalking tool. <laughs> I see what's going it's on. It's really, it's oddly, it's oddly. What else addictive. are y'all and Nathan doing together? Nothing. No, how, how does it know that you're at the hideout? I leave, I leave, GPS, I guess. I leave town for like three days, and look well, what any, happens. Anything that like uses the GPS in the background of your phone and it tells other people, what, that's a little scary to me. Yeah. Hand me my phone, Jeff. I want to show. Right, I want to show there, Joel there, something. Is there a four squaring too hard? No, I don't think there's a four squaring too hard yet. 
But I have a uh, Twitter app for my iPhone called Tweety, and one of the weird features of it is that you can just hit a nearby search, mm-hmm. and it'll show you all the tweets that happened within a little range on your Google Maps. Yeah, I have Twitterific on my iPhone, and it does the same thing. It shows you, like, by distance all the all the tweets going on around you. I'm uh, currently trying to become the mayor of the liquor store by my house, nice. but uh, someone named Megan K has it right now. What a drunk. hate that shit. What, what is that, the, the, the twin liquors over there? Yeah. All right, I'm going to fight you for it then. Okay. Well, the cool thing about it is that you just say, I'm here, I'm at the teriyaki place, and I hit my button, I check in there, and then it just kind of updates your friends where you are and where you're going and what you've been doing. And there's no – it's more active, whereas I consider Twitter to be very passive where you just sit and go, thinking about getting up, you know, or whatever people type on there. Fuck it, I'm downloading it right now. <laughs> Could this line at Starbucks be any longer? Like that shit? <laughs> Is that our new Twitter voice? Yeah, I that's my Twitter it, voice. I think it needs to have more hipsterish to it, it or yeah. something. Like, I was trying uh, to sound bored and has sigh ineffective. Uh, uh, I can't believe I got third row tickets. <laughs> <laughs> They're always like the thing about Twitter that I can't stand is it makes me like people that I know in real life. It makes me like them less. Sure, because it is just this endless stream of. Weird kind of forced humility, but you're bringing up stuff to make yourself look better. Like no one is important enough to use Twitter. What? No one is important enough to use Twitter. I can argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to know anything. I don't need to know that maybe, level. Maybe the president. Like, maybe the, pre- the president. Maybe the president. <laughs> it's take, like taking, that, a, uh, taking an old thing, dump. Like everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time, and now here we are in 2009. We get to hear about it every two. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm yeah. walking in a hall. I'm drinking a cup of coffee. Well, the retweet feature that they just introduced is really cool, but nobody's using it. And you realize how little people actually retweet. What's the retweet feature they just introduced? Well, they kind of just changed it up to where now you can just hit, like, if you said, um, I can't believe my wife has double D boobs or something like that. Not you. I'm not pointing at anybody in particular. (laughs) Nice. Um, Then you would say, okay, I'm going to retweet this. And it would not make an entry for me it would just keep it like it would keep a tally of everyone who's retweeted it essentially you know i mm. read that uh that feature cost 200 million dollars in venture capital <laughs> so Jesus. it's pretty crazy it's a great investment to <laughs> price has there but you know what it got them uh, it got them a million percent closer to profitability <laughs> right? no, that's a great that's a great question where is all that money going well they like, redesigned their offices recently. oh they did post that they did yeah. post that they redid their they offices. had a big party and redid their they offices. redid their offices they had a gallery of Jeff and I looked at it. Was it thirty-two photos? Yeah, it was a bunch. There was one photo of a desk <laughs> in their office. The nice. thing you've ever seen. Couches, nice common areas what, like what, bars you, and shit. When you're not making money, you don't have to work. Anti- you, you just go to work to hang out. Anti-gravity think tanks, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, that company is made for the stock market. It's made to just climb like crazy and then just crash. So when is their satellite launching? <laughs> the Twitter satellite? Yeah, I mean, come on, they got that much money. They should get their own extension for domain names. Like, we all have a name. Like, it had Bernie.TWT or something like that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> and that's, that's how you get to my Twitter account. They're going to need to raise some more VC. I saw that Ben, um, what was it, on Google Wave? Ben, who's our web developer? Yeah. It's it's a website. You know, you have that little part of the form where you can just fill in, hey, my name's Ben King. And, oh, what's what's your website, Ben King? He wrote Twitter.com slash Ben or RT Ben or whatever it is. <laughs> nice. So that's his home on the internet, our Thanks, web developer. Ben. You know, the other day, Jeff and I heard, we were uh, driving home after working and listening to NPR, and we heard a story on NPR about how ICANN is thinking about changing the way you enter domain names in your browser to allow for non-English character domain names. Non-English character so domain names? So you can have, names? like... Chinese characters dot Chinese characters or Arabic characters dot Arabic and characters. And you could only get to that 
domain name through that way. It's not right. like they're aliased or anything. And they say that like the English language has an unfair command over domain names and that it should be opened up. So like, I mean, like, so like, like you know, Baidu is like a big search engine in uh, in China. So to get there, I'm sure they have like their Chinese character equivalent. But if you wanted to go there and you type like Baidu.cn, then you would be taken to like a different English language version of the site, not the actual site they get in China. Also, interestingly, on that trip home, Gus, you and I have never talked about this, but we were okay. stuck at a light, and you and I looked over to the left, and we saw a homeless guy drink a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> That's true. Drink an entire, like, he had a big thing like of a, Heinz ketchup with a squeeze bottle, and he just sat like, down, he picked it up, and was like, squeeze. It's like a baby you know, bottle. And, you know, he got, well. and, and Austin, I'm hoping it was ketchup. Dude, I don't care. Whatever it was, it was a big red bottle of ketchup. If it, it's even grosser if it wasn't ketchup. You don't know. Maybe he had a mouthful of fries, you know? <laughs> you know Bernie, it was crazy. Bernie just showed me this Foursquare. I, I got to say, this I don't is know. Foursquare. This is the nearby oh, the, the future nearby? of Twitter. I, <laughs> that, see, I don't even know. All I know is it <laughs> seems to me. I, how, how, is, how is Twitter or something else not immediately replaced by a program that has GPS tied into it? Well, it does. People's phones have it. And they, well, the, yeah, the, right, the, but... the deal is Twitter's also used uh, probably a lot on computers, and computers don't have GPS. Maybe yours doesn't. But soon they will. Like, I, because, I, like in other words, what I'm saying is I, I, don't know how, I don't know how GPS isn't tied into, <laughs> into everything. Well, but... we're inside, so GPS wouldn't work here. What do you mean? GPS doesn't work here. When you're in here, your iPhone uses uh, like cellular uh, tower approximation. If yeah, no, I get that. But I mean, if it, your computer's in a fixed location, well, Joel, Joel's saying GPS func- is going to be everywhere. I'm saying this is never going to be here. But it has uh, the same functionality, or no? It sounds like uh, a dumb statement to say GPS is going to be everywhere. It just sounds like a dumb thing to say. I don't know. Really? Why. <laughs> say a lot of dumb things. <laughs> Dude, uh, KDK in Austin. I don't know how it's not incorporated, how it's not going to be incorporated into everything. I was using my iPhone when I was in North Carolina, and I had no cell phone coverage. But I could get my little blue dot to come up because I could apparently reach the satellites. Yeah. So I was wondering, is there an easy way to pull the lang- langitude, latitude and longitude <laughs> uh, information off of your See, iPhone GPS? I'm still not convinced that it was actually connected, though. I had a little blue dot. Yeah, but I mean, that, maybe that blue dot just loads on, it, a, on a blank screen. <laughs> it was on a blank screen because I couldn't load the map data. Yeah, but maybe we should test that further. Like, we should turn off the radio on the phone and then load Google Maps and see what it does. Does it still have a blue dot? Oh, I don't know. That's a really good question. You should do that. <laughs> how, how does that work exactly? Is there, like, a little GPS device in here? I believe so. That seems weird. GPS seems weird. Okay, let me – you say it can't come in here, but how does it get through the phone? How does it get through my pocket? How does it get through the roof of my car? Is it coming through the windows because the satellites are at angles? Yeah, they're looking at on you. the horizon. No, I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm asking I, I, this I, question. I, yeah, I think so. They it's... come through the windows on angles. My cat has GPS. <laughs> well, GPS is going to be everywhere. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. Do- dogs may not get GPS in the future, but cats definitely will. No, my cat definitely. My cat, she has the chip. That's how I was going to find her. There, there's no this idea not... right there. Every every every. She doesn't this. have GPS. Your cat does <laughs> not have GPS. How, how, she, my cat ate an iPhone. How, That's what, what do you think happened to Griffin's iPhone? Like if you were se- if you were selling like Wait. dog and cat collars that had GPS chips in them. Wait a like, minute, Joel. That's not a great idea, right? Hold on a second. You're, you're going to be off the hook for the entire podcast. <laughs> hold on a second. You you really thought your cat had a GPS? No, chip? my cat has the satellite chip. What? What? No, <laughs> there's no satellite chip in your cat. Yeah, I had it implanted in her. No, there's no satellite chip in yeah, your cat. Yeah, we plant. did it at the vet. No, that's not what that is. What is it? That's a chip that if your pet is found, they can scan it and read the information off the chip. It's like it an, doesn't it's like locate your cat. Chip. It doesn't locate your cat. This one does. No, it doesn't, I guarantee. Because that would be the coolest app in the entire world is to see 
cat patterns in your city. Like, you could overlay it over Google Maps. You don't have that iPhone app yet? No, no. Listen, your cat does not have a GPS. Chip. My cat's got computers in him. I'm telling your, you. Your cat does not have, is not GPS. He's enabled. got a cybernetic eye. <laughs> <laughs> My cat can upload videos directly to YouTube, just so you know. My cat aggregates music I like off of wait, iTunes wait. and downloads it for me to my phone. Didn't you? Didn't you? Did you lose your cat? Yeah. Recently, thanks to GPS, I found him though. Yeah. If you had GPS in your cat, why didn't you use it? Because I hadn't registered it yet. I had. I hadn't registered the chip yet. All right. I'm gonna look this up because you're you're saying this with such confidence. It makes me think you could possibly have GPS in your cat. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Have you ever seen the? Uh, have you ever seen the? Uh... The cool camera collars that you can buy for cats? Yeah, you showed it to me, but cats don't do anything interesting. No, apparently not. They just hang out in storm drains all day long. Man, the, they're like the perfect users for Twitter then. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a nap under a car. Uh. <laughs> you showed me the video of the cat sitting at home all day long. I showed you basically that. basically sat there in a chair for eight hours, doing, didn't move. Watching a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about getting some food later. <laughs> The, uh, the there was a video Joel's talking about is some guy set up a video camera to record what happens in his house when he goes to work and he wants to see what his two cats do all day long. They literally did nothing all day. It was two cats and they sat in the exact same spot and he time lapsed eight hours or ten hours over the course of like a minute and a half. They just sat there the entire day doing nothing. Nice. You know Joe was doing that. Joe was just kind of sitting on those stairs doing yep. nothing. He'd also sit back here on the couch every now and then to mix it up. You notice I had to remove all the couch covers. I did. I did notice that. Yeah, we had to. We're replacing the couch covers on our couch so we can get rid of all the cat dander. Dander. That sounds like such a dirty word. Do you think so? Dander. Ugh, sounds gross. That doesn't seem gross to me at all. I don't like it. Doesn't, you ever heard the expression "got my dander up"? That sounds yeah. kind of creepy, right? I guess. I've never heard that. I call it my penis. Jesus. See, that sounds dirty to me. Yeah, now it's dirty. Hey, did you hear you know, that? Uh, has a GPS chip in it. My penis. Yeah. It's, it's boner PS. Um, did you hear about, you know, you remember a couple weeks ago, right before Modern Warfare 2 came out, uh, Xbox Live banned a whole bunch of people who were playing the game illegally and had pirated it? Yeah. Did you hear that they are now mulling a class action lawsuit against Microsoft? No, they're yep. not. Yeah, they are. Interesting. Uh, I guess a law firm is calling, is asking for people who got banned to contact them so they can figure out if they have a class action lawsuit on their hands. This is why I like lawyers. They're always fighting for injustice. What the fuck? Uh, intellectual property law firm Abington IP, I guess, is who's trying to organize <sighs> it. I'd like to, I would love to see their side of the argument. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is their side of the argument? Who knows? Well, I don't think most people realize that when you sign up, that, that big, long list of user agreements that you never read and the end-user license agreements – that's an actual contract. Yeah, they and, say, yeah. They're saying uh, they acknowledge that the bans were a method to combat the legitimate concern of piracy. The firm claims Microsoft could have and should have tailored its punishment more narrowly. No. I mean, you know. <laughs> more narrowly? Well, the problem, the problem is they're going to have to find the guys who were shut off that shouldn't have been shut off. Mm. And I think everything that Microsoft has said, that they take a very wide sampling and then they always scale it back. Well, here, they're, they're clarifying a little further here. The firm criticized Microsoft for removing functionality not associated with piracy, like Netflix video streaming. So what? I know. It's all bundled in. I just don't get it. It's really weird in in this culture when we have people who say Microsoft isn't playing fair when they don't expect to be able to play fair either. You know what right. I mean? They, they want to not play fair, but they want the person on the other side to play fair. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was pirating games, but you guys shut off my Netflix. I wasn't even pirating that. I was only pirating your stuff. Oh, I'd be careful. These guys have 
offices in Tulsa, Wichita, and Dallas. Really? <laughs> they're huge. We're going to come to and find out they're they, representing us in a patent lawsuit or something like that. They list Tulsa first as their first office. Jesus. We're not, hey, if we agree to do this thing and help these people with this damn patent thing, we're not going to go to the fucking court and shit, are we? I hope not. I don't even own a suit. Man. I, I got my dress hoodie dirty. It's got oil stains on it. <laughs> Maybe we should just sell our company to that people who want the patent. <laughs> that would be a faster course of action. I bet, How come we can't I find we can the, make some money on that. For t- the investor Twitters? Why don't... What, to, to buy our company? Any, if anybody wants a patent on podcasting, just give us a call. We'll sell our company for yeah. $200 million. Yeah, we did a valuation on our company. We're, we're worth billion. $40 billion. No, no, no. no. If Twitter's <laughs> worth a billion, we've got to be worth at least like $700 million, $800 million. Well, don't forget, we now get to include podcasting. So. Oh, shit, yeah. That's a pretty big chunk right there. Right. Yeah, I'd go for, how much is Facebook worth? Like $3 billion? So we're worth like $5 billion then. At I'm, least. I'm pretty sure we own half of Pixar. Isn't that the way this works out? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hey, um, how come no one's playing Left 4 Dead 2? I'm uh, not playing anything at all. Why? I'm just really busy because we're about to purchase a building that we're going to move into. and Potentially. Potentially. I mean, we're going to do something. you know. And the one we're looking at just is eating up a lot of time with me because there's issues with the building. So... That's so the, the building has been used as a restaurant, as a restroom for homeless people for the past six months, essentially. Well, yeah, the uh, this is a building that is needs a lot of work, and well, let's just put it this way: the city of Austin agrees <laughs> with, that, <laughs> with that assessment. And once the city of Austin, especially the code department, gets involved, then it's just want to make sure we're making the right decision by choosing this particular building. When and we, we and we are. If you've played Fallout, then you know what the building looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, actually. Touring that building is a lot like playing Left 4 Dead 2. It really is. It is. It's. God, but, it's. I don't know how to begin to describe I've this building. Play, I've been playing a lot of Left 4 Dead 2, Joel, to answer your original question. You're, you're the only one. Yeah. I, it's a little disappointing. I look at my friends list and I see one or two people playing I've with got me. like 300 points in it. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, so do I. <laughs> but I only play it at work for videos. It's, oh, it, seems, it seems like it's definitely harder than the first one. I can't play video games at home anymore. I can't play new games at home anymore because if I'm playing a new release, I have to be capturing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I can miss an achievement video. So instead, I play stuff like Fable 2 at home, which is what I've been playing. You and know what Joel just... said, though, is there's a lot of complaints about Left 4 Dead 2 being much harder than Left 4 Dead. I mean, serious complaints that yeah, the jo- game is not enjoyable because it's so difficult. Joystick ripped it apart. It's yep. I, I pretty think hard. It's harder. I haven't had... Too much of a, too much more of a difficult time. I just feel like some things are maybe a little more confusing now. Dark Carnival is harder, specifically. That that last bridge on the last level, I can't remember, but that last bridge where they throw, there's one tank on the bridge, and then there's a second tank by the helicopter. I've played it on normal. I still cannot get on that you should, helicopter. You should watch my video. I show you how to do it in two minutes. Yeah. Oh. On normal. I With guess. Andrew Panton. Yeah, well, yeah, with the, two people, though. Me, just, on, just me and Andrew Panton. And one of those people being Andrew Panton. On, <laughs> on normal by myself, I think I got through that the first first try. Just kill the two survivors, uh, the, or kill uh, the other survivors so they can't slow you down, and just run on the left side. No, Ignore the tanks. No, no, just I've done run, it. I've run, run, run. I've run on the left side. The thing is, is that I get into the helicopter, and the tank also gets into the helicopter, and then kills me inside the I've helicopter. never had that problem. I've done it on easy and normal. With Andrew Panton. With Andrew Panton, but I mean, we're not shooting. Does Andrew Panton? Does Andrew Panton? That's like saying I stopped a bank robbery with Superman. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was nothing. If you watch the video, we're not shooting or anything. We're just running. I don't know if I I don't know if I shot a single zombie. Tell him to put the money back. (laughs) You watch the video. You'll get some awesome tips. I'll watch the video. I'll watch the video. Just say no and then melt their guns. (laughs) (laughs) Duh, heat vision. (laughs) No, I find Dark Carnival to be really hard. The other campaigns I didn't think were too bad, but Dark Carnival is fucking. 
They, they, they kind of take the fun out e- of it. Even the mall, uh, you know, we have to load the gas cans into the car. I really struggled with that. There's too. one level I felt was too long in the mall. Um, it's the one where we have to turn off the alarm when it's going off. I felt like that level stretched on for a long time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes the developers are like, you know, we're just going to make it impossible, and that equals better. Mm. You know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm having a blast with the game. I'm having a lot of fun, but I'm being it is a I'm lot of fun. Very picky. I do feel overwhelmed by by equipment choices, though. Yeah, and I felt weapon upgrades weren't as clear. Like before, you had like a, a small rifle, then a bigger, more powerful rifle. Now you have like that submachine gun, and then like an AK-47 or an M16. Like there's a few other choices. Yeah, there's like four shotguns. And when I first started playing, I didn't know which was better or what the differences were. Before, it was just like, good, better, good, better. You know, it was very clear-cut. It's just a learning curve, you know? Yeah. See, it's the apocalypse, man. What do you want? Not everything's going to be clear-cut when that <laughs> happens. You've got to be ready to make tough choices. <laughs> I've still never seen the goddamn cricket stick. Have you? Yeah. I've, I've, I've got I that. I saw it once. I've, I've got, never gotten it. I've got that achievement for all the melee kills. That's the one I need. Um, where's the cricket? I, I found it a lot at the mall level, actually. Really? Yeah. I will say that there's some stuff in there that's really cool, like hard rain. When you have to, like, when the weather gets Absolutely. worse, depending on how well you're doing. Yeah. And you have to, you go to a point and then the come back. The weather is dependent upon how well you're doing that? Yeah, supposedly. That, that's what I heard. Supposedly, like, the better you do, the worse the rain is to make it harder oh. to scale the difficulty for wow. you. Wow, I've only played that level once, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That rain is it's fantastic. A, it's a ton of fun. Especially yeah. at the end uh, where you're, God, now I'm scared. Are we giving up spoilers? But no, uh, on the end of the beginning where it just it just turns into just a tsunami. I mean, it's yeah. just great. I, I love some of the things they did in that game, though. Like, you know, that, that whole uh, level where you have to go, you know, to a point and then come back. Yeah. So you play through everything backwards, and you have to remember where you were. And it, you really do have to remember where you were, because coming back, it's confusing as shit. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, it's funny, because I only played it once, didn't know, and it was like, hey, there's there's eight health kits in this room. Let's use them all! <laughs> it's kind of difficult on the way back when there's no health kits. Also, dead center at the very beginning when you're going down the building and you got to run through all the fire and yeah. stuff. That was super cool. The, the, yeah. I don't know if you've had this dialogue pop up yet, but one time, you know, Ellis is always talking about his friend Keith. Uh, one time, Ellis Ellis starts talking to the group and says, "Did I ever tell you about the time me and my friend Keith escaped off of a burning building filled with zombies?" Like, oh wait, that was you guys. Man, I can't wait to tell Keith about that one. <laughs> Dude, those speeches, every single speech that Ellis has is awesome. I'm actually trying to make a video right now of like Ellis's greatest hits. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. He's got a lot of really funny stuff. So now that you've played Left 4 Dead 2 and you've played Modern Combat 2, which one? There's definitely more replay value in Left 4 Dead 2. Really. I think yeah. so. But you oh. never play multiplayer on Call of Duty ever. Uh, I've played it once or twice. I, I just I, I played actually I played it f- several hours on Modern Warfare 2 before uh, Left 4 Dead 2 came out, which I probably played like 6 hours online. The problem um, the, it's the, all right, but the, I, pre- I prefer Left 4 Dead 2. And it's it's the same, it's like the exact same Yeah, it's pretty thing similar. Is, yeah. Left 4, Left 4 Dead 2 is great in that you're forced to play as a team. Yeah. With other players. And you don't get that experience in a lot of other game- FPSs, for sure. And I don't feel that way when I play Modern Warfare, or even like when I play Halo, really. I feel that way in ODST. But uh, I-, I like that experience. You I know? agree with you 100%. Yeah. And it's, plus, there's it's no... finally a game where it's like, you, you've got to work as, together as yeah. a team. If you don't, there's consequences almost imme- immediately. Yeah. I don't really work well in teams. <laughs> no, you don't. You yell, you yell well you're good in at the teams. Yelling part. You're good at letting us know the Everyone, second... Everyone, stop what you're doing! The millisecond. I am tackled! I am tackled! How come you didn't respond in two the nanoseconds? The millisecond an in, a hunter My is God. on Bernie. Your headset is, like, screaming ne- at never, you. Never, never have you, like, can you grasp how, like, a person is coming from only their own perspective when you play that game? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, it's, a, it's an apocalypse. All that matters is that I survive. That doesn't matter. Everything else, that's it. Who cares? 
Hey, let me ask you this, Joel. You've played Modern Warfare two now. Yes. Did you? What did you think of the story? Um. Yeah, it had some cool turns into it. It's funny because last time we talked, it was just right before that crazy turn at the end. Yeah. Which I liked. But um, the one thing about it is that it has, you know, the gameplay is so gritty and awesome. And then they have a story which is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. And a little confusing. And it's, I'm not sure where they're going with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. And it does, I don't like the setup for the next game. Yeah, I, I thought Jeff's uh, reaction to the, the, big, the big plot twist where the general turns out to be the bad guy was the best reaction. Because Jeff's like, uh, Jeff says, you know, I was in the military. I know a general will never be on that plane out on the battlefield like that. The second I saw him, bad guy. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought. Like, when he gets off that plane to hold your hand after you uh, after you go through the, the house level where you have to defend the house against the Russians, and, like, the general comes out and he goes, good job, and I was like, I'm about to get fucking capped. There is no way a general is going to be on a fucking helicopter in the middle of Russia. He would be in the Pentagon, 17 feet of concrete above him. This just doesn't happen. It's fucking bullshit. There'd be some perennial light colonel who is an awesome dude who spends his entire life in the field who can never get promoted because he's in the field constantly. There's no way. There's no way. No way. I, I'm just I'm just coming from like a story point of view and it's just like I, I how are they gonna how, how are they gonna pay this off at the end? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Well Yeah they definitely left it kinda opening on a cl- uh, left it open on a cliffhanger. The thing that worries me is they leave it open for a very splinter cell type next game where uh soap and uh what's his face uh Price are now going to be like renegades, yeah. and they're going to have like less equipment yeah. because they don't have access to all the yeah. you know, yeah. all the resources, yeah. and it's going to go like I, I just don't, that doesn't seem cool. I, I feel told, like that's been I, done. I, I, absolutely, but I I, agree. I I hate to sound like a negative because I really like the game. The game yeah. it doesn't matter. The story ultimately, a game like Modern Warfare, the story doesn't matter because the game is so much fun to play. And ultimately, how they rank the game is, well, will Jeff and Joel buy the next one? (laughs) True. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'll I'll still be out there for midnight launch. Yeah. So. We're just nitpicking fans. You know, we're fans of the game. We like like it. Got Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some really crazy stuff about Assassin's Creed 2 as well. Oh, have you? I just have heard that it's really great. I haven't had a chance to play it. Have you? No, I haven't. Um, Well, I played a little bit when we were making the commercial for it, you know, but I didn't want to get too far into it because I wanted to have a full experience. You guys played the first one, right? Yeah, for sure. See, everything I'm hearing about the second one, and I I guess there's a twist there at the end as well, but uh, it also feels really the same as the first one, too. Oh, really? That wouldn't bother me. I don't think I like the first one enough, but uh, I did read that it sold 1.3 million copies its first week. Oh, that's good. Which is pretty good. Yeah. I would think. It's no yeah. Twilight. It's no, it's no New Moon. <laughs> How much money did New Moon make? Third, was it the third all-time? Third highest opening week. Number ever. one single day. Number one midnight opening. Come on in, Jack. And then it was third highest of all time. Hey, do you want to weigh in, Jack, real quick? On uh, Tell us a little bit about Assassin's Creed 2. Why don't you take Jeff's mic over there? Here. <laughs> sure, I'll talk about Assassin's Creed 2. What do you want to talk about? Well, I just heard it's crazy. I mean, I, everything I'm reading about it, people are just loving it. Well, without giving too many spoilers, because it's a pretty new game. That, that's sort of the issue. I, I, okay, without saying any spoilers, the end of the game is fucking crazy. Like, literally, the character on screen goes, what the fuck? And which was exactly what I was thinking as really? I was going. I didn't play the first one at all, but I've heard the first one's kind of messed up too. But the story in this one, it's it's really good actually. I really dug it. Yeah? Is yeah. it does it make you want to go back and play the first one? So you have a frame of reference? Kind of. Kind of, yes. But I have heard I've heard the first one gets real repetitive. I'm not sure how true that is, but uh yeah. Assassin's Creed 1 is what Modern Warfare 2 is. It's the same sort of 
thing where, where so many stories is like, hi, I'm the guy who's going to teach you and show you and I'm going to be your, you know, I'm going to show you and blah, blah, blah. And at the end, guess what? I'm your enemy. So you just spoiled the first game for me. Yeah. And the first Batman movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry he spoiled the two-year-old game for you. That sucks. I, ho- I hope you learn how to cope, Jack. Oh, thank you. Well, no, but the thing about Assassin's Creed, well, goddamn, I can't, I don't want to spoil it. All right, get anything, out of here. So yeah, it, don't it spoil it. Get out of here. So right. you say thumbs up, definitely. Thumbs up, definitely check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's a great multi, or it's a great single player game, which you don't get a whole lot of lately. So the, uh, they updated the zombie outbreak simulator. Did you guys see that? No. No, the one we linked a couple weeks back? Uh, yeah, I think, with the, yeah, we linked that one, the old one with just the green dots and the yeah, purple squares. One. Now they did it with Google Maps. To where you can go around like a Google map of a city and see the zombie outbreak taking place. Nice. And you can change the starting factors, like how so many zombies what you start with. what you're saying is in the future, zombies will have GPS. I, I, what I'm actually saying <laughs> is that GPS is going to be everywhere. and <laughs> there's, <that> no, <laughs> there's no application that where GPS isn't practical. GP- zombies. They should, the GPS company, GPS Incorporated, should come up with that as their slogan, Joel. GPS. Are you heavily invested in GPS, Joel? <laughs> it's, it's Do true, you have a secret like, agenda here? It's true. It's like the knife that I use to stab everyone in this room will have a GPS <laughs> That way you'll know where you are. GPS. It's going to be everywhere. The ambulance can get to you quicker. Hey, so you can modify on the new zombie outbreak simulator. You can modify your starting settings. You can have number of civilians. What percentage of those civilians are armed? We'll have to jump that up for living in Texas. Uh, civilian accuracy. Number of zombies as you start with, which direction the, move, the zombies are moving. Oh, you can set zombie speed, and your three choices are slow, normal. I would argue that normal is slow. And fast. Fuck and very, fast. Very fast. They have a very fast setup. Give me a break. Hey, speaking of zombies, I just read this morning that there is a, a new startup that's making a zombie MMO for consoles. That sounds incredibly awesome. Yeah. That is an MMO that I will play. Yeah, and it's for consoles too, which makes it even better. How does that happen? How does that work though? Like, if is it zombies versus survivors? And if a zombie kills a survivor, does that person become a zombie of equivalent level? It like, might just be player versus environment. I, yeah, I'm huh. still not sure why it's like Grand Theft Auto doesn't just take that huge asset, that huge map, and just turn it into like a giant zombie zone where you have just a couple players jump in there and have it be a giant zombie city. How hard would that be? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, know. don't know. I don't make Grand Theft Auto. It's hard for me to say how hard that would be. I no, uh, that'd be cool. I don't know. You know what I heard about zombies? They're going to be everywhere. <laughs> it, it's almost going to be I disappointing. Hope not. <laughs> this computer's going to have a zombie in five years. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch. Only if you jailbreak it, though. Uh, <laughs> hey, did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> that Boeing's testing some new like laser defense systems on airplanes. Fuck. Okay, talk They're, about that then, because I, I got a. I saw a thing where they're testing offensive weapons on planes. Yeah, a couple a couple weeks ago. I think we talked about this in the podcast, didn't we? You brought it up. Where... I showed it to you, but we never talked about it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you talk about yours first, because this came after that. This this is like an offshoot of what you have Well, yours thing sounds like a defense where they're going to do what? They're going to knock missiles down that are... Right. They, they, put, they fill a plane with lasers, and then that plane can then shoot down other planes and missiles in midair. Fill a wow. plane with lasers? Now, and in addition to lasers, it also has machine guns. Well, wait a minute. Boy, wait, you're talking about Boeing? Boeing makes commercial airliners. Right. Well, they're not some, military. They make some, they make some military. Well, they like, do? The, mm-hmm. Yeah, these people, like the contacts for the story, they're, titled, they're with the Boeing Missile Defense Systems Group. Uh, okay. So uh, I guess they, they do other stuff as well. But, yeah, they're doing uh, – I guess they have lasers and machine guns in these planes, and they it's, shoot down everything. Fuck, yeah, that's awesome. It seems like in the current environment you'd want lasers and machine guns inside the airplane, not outside. But fuck well, yeah. who am I? 
I don't want to be in one of those places. Captain be like, this is the captain speaking. We're fifth in line for takeoff. Uh, now we're number one. <laughs> Everybody else dead. It says that this um, this system they developed used a single high-brightness laser beam to shoot down five UAVs at various ranges. It's huh. called the Laser Avenger. Dude, I love the future. No, that's kind of scary. This thing is really scary. And we'll post this in the link up so you can see the video of it. This is a sniper plane. It is a plane that has a laser that can shoot you on the ground. And even though the plane is traveling at 500 miles an hour, the computers can change the trajectory of the laser and zap you. Look what it does to this truck. That's fucking crazy, dude. The sound you're hearing is a truck hood being burned. It's hitting a square, about one foot square, a taped square on the hood of a Ford truck, and it's just incinerating the metal. So imagine that's a person. And that's going 500 miles an hour while it's doing it? Yeah. That's not cool. From a, an altitude of like 40,000 feet. Dude, all, all talk, about, think, talk all about assassinations. All I can think is when we're playing Call of Duty 7, we're going to totally get to use that. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's scary. They Did, should put that on boats. Right? Am <laughs> I the only one? What the, what the fuck pirates, it? dude. Oh yeah, that's a good call. Fucking, why don't we? Why don't we defend up our boats so we, people stop getting fucking hijacked? Well, I don't think. I mean, you don't have to specifically say put it on boats. I mean, I think they should just bundle it with GPS and it'll end up everywhere. <laughs> I knew it. I was counting down. I was going five. Your iPhone. Four, I hear the iPhone four GS will have that. Hey, what do you guys speak? What do you? This has nothing to do with lasers, but what do you, what do you guys want to eat for lunch today? See a Twitter. I'm getting burned by a laser. This sucks. <laughs> here are my coordinates. There is a zombie here too. Oh look, on Foursquare, Jeff, Jeff just checked in at the morgue. <laughs> did you? Just, did I you... want to do like performance art with Foursquare. I just want to like check into strip clubs and graveyards. <laughs> That's all I do all day long. I'm going to become the mayor of my toilet. Did you see that uh, bombproof wallpaper stuff the other day? Yeah, I did. I don't know if I I don't know if I showed that to everyone, but someone developed like this single sheet of wallpaper that you can put on walls that makes them explosion proof essentially, to where like they can withstand a wrecking ball or like projectiles. Yeah, it was pretty like, crazy. A single sheet of like super thin Kevlar. I still think it's horseshit. They showed the demonstration. Yeah, listen, <clears throat> you could have a wall. It's pa- it's so paper. It has to be fastened to something. If the building falls down, the wallpaper is not going to keep the structural well, integrity of the building. Yeah, but it'll it'll protect the rest of the building. Like, yeah, maybe that wall will fall. It, but you, if, you only if, think it's that. A lot could, what happens when you're in the building when it's getting hit by? It? Yeah, but like, let's say we're on this side of the building, and then there's a bomb out in the street. Yeah, maybe the front of the building might crumble. You're but not going we'll to get yeah, it's not, you're not you're gonna not, get you're hit by a brick you're not in the to face. Protect the building. You're trying to keep yourself from dying. I think is the idea. Right. Yeah. And then, like in the video, they show it like a wrecking ball hitting this wall multiple times. And yeah, I agree with Bernie. It looks like. Maybe structural integrity isn't that great afterwards, but who gives a? It's F. a hell of a lot better than not having it. It saves you from a blast. Yeah, see, I'm not buying it because it's like if without the wall, it's like that wallpaper there. They're showing this wrecking ball hitting the cinder block wall, and this wallpaper is keeping this thing up. But the wallpaper is fastened to something at the top and bottom of that wall. No, that's just that's just where they're securing the wall. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's just without sh- that stuff at the top and the bottom, the whole thing is just going to fall down. No, it's not. Fa- it, this, the stuff that you see at the top and the bottom is what's holding the wall there. The I, wallpaper is, is, is like adhesive and sticking to the wall. That's the point I'm making, is that if the, if the building starts to fall down from the strength of this bomb, the wallpaper is not going to keep the, the whole building up. Nobody's saying this wallpaper is saving the building from destruction. It's just keeping shit from flying at you so you can hop out a window. Or so that not everyone in the building dies. Right. 
Yeah, maybe, the, maybe the people standing by that wall, maybe the building collapses on them. But the people standing a few feet away, they're still okay. Yeah, they're in a different building they that's go, collapsing. Oh, why God. did that wall? That, they go, why did that wall just crumple? I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. All right. Well, you you don't ever have to use it. Or imagine if it was in a car. You know, for like for security reasons, you can make secure cars that are a lot lighter. I like that he believes that a plane flying 500 miles an hour can fucking shoot with pinpoint accuracy on the top of a car, but he has trouble with with, with bombproof wallpaper. <laughs> I just want to see the laser plane shoot the wallpaper wall. That's a great experiment. Let's do that. There you go. If the wallpaper had GPS, I can find it more easily. <laughs> GPS. They're everywhere. <laughs> Just like uh, bury this too. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing it. Well, at least we found something to replace the gay jokes. The other day, uh, actually yesterday, I <laughs> we've been saying the, old, <laughs> old jokes lately. <laughs> the doorbell rang and uh, Brandon didn't go down and get it. I thought that was really weird. I was like, "Don't worry, Brandon, stay seated. I got it. <laughs> I take a load off." And I went down and answered and got the UPS. And last night, I realized that the reason he didn't go down the stairs and answer the door is that he had fucking surgery on his leg on Friday. Yeah, knee surgery. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. At it the was time. pretty funny when you found that too because you were so compassionate. At about five fifteen yesterday afternoon, you looked at Brennan and said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> I love the idea that J- Gus gets to crack jokes about having to answer the door too. It's like, <laughs> oh, don't get up, Brandon. It's like, how about you don't get up, Gus? You haven't answered the door in a year and a half. Oh, since... you haven't answered the door the whole time we've been here. I, I work in the back room. Whatever. I mean, Gus is the guy who, after a vacation, takes a personal day to work shit out. <laughs> I, st- I still have to answer the back door. You sit closer to that. Gus, what is that? Why, when you take a week-long personal vacation, do you need a day off from work after a vacation? I've never taken a day so off th- after a vacation. Na- name one time. I don't, I don't want to. Name, name one time. I'm, I'm with Gus on this. Name, I, one, name I, one time. Usually after Gus. I'm goes, asking for one instance. Name one time. Any time. I would say it's enough to where it's a trend. I've, n- I've, I've never ne- taken a vacation than an extra personal day. I've gone on work trips like Comic-Con and then taken a personal day afterwards. And then you have a day where you have to work stuff out. Yeah, like that, that I'll admit to because that's a work trip. But after a vacation, that's bullshit. I've never done that. I, I can say. Like the time you went to Miami? You did that? I never I, went to Miami. I went to Miami. <laughs> Jeff, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can see you getting mad, and I don't want you getting mad at no, me. No, because I've I, never done this. I, I, Jeff, do you want to back me up on this? I, I Listen. Name one time. I no, can't no, I'm still asking. I'm totally, I'm totally with you because it's Listen. like we'll, we'll work a week and it's like, okay, we have to travel and we, and we have to leave on Thursday. Okay, so we jump on the plane with Thursday and then we travel throughout the entire weekend, you know, and we're working the whole weekend. And it's like, what? How come you're not back on Monday? <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs> Let me clarify something. When you work with your friends, this is the one detraction. It doesn't matter what you actually do or don't do. It just matters what everyone else's opinion of what you do or don't do it's is. It's all perception. I don't know how many times I've put up with you guys thinking, this is what Bernie does, and this is Bernie's thing, ha-ha, <laughs> and I have to put up with that. I've been putting up with that for 13 fucking years. <laughs> that was his Gus voice, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Here's, I, don't, here's I, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You totally lost me. <laughs> this is my impression of Gus tweeting this. I hate Twitter. Let's see what stuff in the office. I just, I can sense a lot of hurt feelings coming on, and I don't think we should go that route. Well, his, his, his free days have been exposed now, and now he's embarrassed by it. Now, <laughs> no, just, you still can't name one time. I love That's you. all I'm asking for. Name one time that happened. The last time you took a vacation. When was the last time I took a vacation? I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. When was the last time you the took a vacation? The last time I took a vacation was the first week of September. I took uh, the week off, and then I came back on Monday. Where'd you go? Uh, I didn't go anywhere. I stayed in town. How was that? It was all right. I'd like to do that. I'd like to take an in-town vacation. You're probably getting the example of when you took a week off to buy your house, which I think I can come up with about 45 personal days that have come up since purchasing the house. God. That, 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 that's a different story. But I don't take the whole day off. I'll run to the house and deal with some bullshit and come back. 
You should use that wallpaper on your house. Yeah, I should use that wallpaper on Bernie's face when I hit it with a wrecking ball. <laughs> in Gus's defense, too, apparently any time his in-laws have to leave the house, it requires Gus to help them. In, in Gus's defense, apparently every you time know, he goes on a commercial shoot or anywhere for work, it's considered a vacation. And I just never realized it. You know, they, they uh, F- FAA levied its first fine against an airline for keeping people on a tarmac for six hours? Really? Well, that shit's out of control, dude. What, no, no, it's funny what, because what airline was it? It was Continental. And uh, they had to sit on the tarmac. This happened in August. They had to sit on tarmac for six hours, and the FAA fined a levy of $100,000, and guess where the $100,000 goes? To the FAA. Not to the people who were sitting in the plane. Of course not. Where, Look, did, where did it go? If they keep me sitting on a plane for six hours, I don't really want any money. I just want to know that somebody's going to lose money at that point. I, I agree with that. Like, no, I'd be okay I with agree, jail time. I agree, I agree with that, too. But uh, if, I mean, if a fucker goes to jail for robbing you, what, what, he doesn't come to your house and work at your house. What is you know? a, what's $100,000 to Continental Airlines? What's $100,000 to Continental? It's nothing. I don't know. I but I guess it's a start. That's like 1% of the value of Twitter, from what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a pause because everybody's checking my math or something? I, I just I pulled that out of my ass. I'm not sure it's actually 1%. So. No, I, don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it's a tenth or a hundredth of a percent. I just – I was hanging on Joel's every word. So I was waiting to see what was next. Interesting well, stuff. I mean there's uh, – if you've ever been stuck on a tarmac, what's the longest you've ever been stuck on a tarmac, Gus? I think I was once stuck for four hours <laughs> in Kansas City. By the way, that counted as a vacation day for you. Just so you know. <laughs> no, that, that, that that's the personal day. That's the personal day. <laughs> so I'm sitting <laughs> I'm so I mad. totally agree with you. I totally agree with him. I remember in August I worked like three weeks straight because it just there was not a single day off. I was like, why is there no time off? <laughs> three weeks in the summer. Well, if you need so a day, you asked, you asked me a question and I gave you a specific example. How long were you in a, on a you waited on a tarmac? Four hours. I asked you and you're like, all the time. The last one. The, the last trip. That's the last time I was on a tarmac. <laughs> It's called logic. It's called example. Gus, this might surprise you. I have no idea when you've taken vacation. Apparently you do because I always take personal days. Who? I thought we took the phones out. Yeah, Jeff was supposed to take the phones out. I Gus, answer, answer the phone in your current state. Go ahead. What? <laughs> Another thing that always happens with vacation days around here, since I'm throwing people under the bus, let's bring Jeff in. Jeff's favorite thing to do is walk in the office and tell you how long it's been since his last vacation. I don't do that. I'm, I'm, I do that, too. I don't do I that. I do that, too. And it's been a goddamn long time. And all I ever tell people when they tell me that, they go, man, I haven't taken a vacation for a year and a half. It's like, well, what about the time you went to Miami two weeks ago? Uh, not, I mean, before that, it's been okay. three years. I, I, not, I, I, I am now, not. Now, I'm I have not. No, I agree I, that that happens, but I'm not the one that does it. And the response to that is always, take a fucking vacation. Nobody gives a shit. Use your vacation days. Apparently, Bernie gives a shit. He's counting them every time Gus takes one. No. I, <laughs> see, I, mean, kind of I don't want to get on sides here. I don't want to. There's hurt feelings. True. God. So this true. fucking podcast is going down. <laughs> Fuck it. Take a vacation. Why not? No, apparently, you, apparently you don't take vacations, and you take vacations anyway. Just include, just include <laughs> your personal day, like when you get back on a Friday, and then you have Saturday and Sunday, and you need to take off Monday to take I, care of stuff. Just include that as part of your vacation. I, I haven't had. A day I don't think off anyone does last, that since last Christmas. Take a vacation then. You're leaving tomorrow. I'm leaving tomorrow. You're doing the thing everybody's complaining thing about. I'm not complaining about it. We should do it more. We should complain more. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. When you walk around talking about, oh, I haven't taken a vacation or whatever. And we make that sound, too. We go, oh. Well, oh. I can't make the sound that people make when they make it. Uh, oh, it's like real-life Twitter. <laughs> 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 the bottom line is 
No one else cares. I mean, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about if you work in a corporate environment, no one else is paying attention to the fact that you're not taking vacation. I the, agree with that. The bottom yeah. line is just take your vacation. They you only know? pay attention when you take the vacation. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about that. I think you, you, you pay attention. You, you have a notebook? I find the personal well, day. You make stuff up. Though. I find the personal day after vacation to be funny. I find that funny. Which, I find it funny because it doesn't exist. That's the funniest think, part. Jeff, speaking, speaking of vacation, I think after this podcast, we should all take a, the rest of the day as a vacation. Okay, let's let's remove Gus. It's going to be a long one. Let's lunch. remove Gus from the equation. Just Gus, okay? <laughs> okay? Just Gus. Does the personal day after vacation exist? It depends. What do you mean? Does it exist? The phenomenon that I'm talking about where people take a personal day. Remove Gus. No, I'm removed. I'm not saying anything. Yes. It exists. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. So I'm not crazy. In my head, it exists. Okay. Yes. My perception is that it exists. And it could be you, too. You it could, it could it. be me. It's pro- it could be me. It's, I think it's Brandon, but it could be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon's personal days are apparently to get surgery. Who the hell knew? Do we get a personal day after this podcast? Gus, I just want you to go have fun. I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah, we, uh, go fuck yourself. I mean, <laughs> you know, stick, I mean, stick a broom handle up your asshole. <laughs> I mean Whoa, it. this isn't a New York State prison. Come on. <laughs> Once again, why do we specifically say asshole again? It's enough know. to just say ass, guys. Kick your ass. <laughs> shove a, broom, started the shove a broomstick thing. up your ass. We don't need to go all the way to asshole. Maybe you know. we do. I'm going to fuck your duodenum. All right. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry I brought it up. I hope everyone takes a very long vacation. What a great way to, to kick off Thanksgiving, huh? <sighs> Including your personal days. <laughs> hey, are you making jalapeno uh, turkey this year, Bernie? Okay, that was a big debate that my wife was talking to me about. I don't have the stuff to make that anymore because my jalapeno turkey that I make was a deep-fried turkey. Yeah. Where I would fry it in like five gallons of oh, peanut God. oil. You know what some of the best internet videos are the people trying to deep-fry turkeys oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and watching the but fires. it's worth the risk because when they pull it off, it's like uh, – it's pretty scary. I've never, ha- I've never had one. Bernie's jalapeno, deep-fried jalapeno turkey is honestly the best – one of the best things I've ever eaten. Okay, because you said that, really, now, really I will good. go out and buy the stuff and make it. You know, I want to push you, it out, and, I, but it's should. like it sounds. And I don't want the blame fried. when you knock it over on your leg and fucking burn wow. yourself. To death. It, it does scare me. It is scary, but they're fuck. Have you ever had them? It sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. In my Dude, life. it's like so juicy Deep and crispy. Fried jalapeno turkey. It's not what you think, though. It's not like it doesn't seem like a fried chicken. It does, it's not like a huge fried chicken. Yeah, it's, not like, it's not like battered and yeah. There's a reason I've spent like six Thanksgivings at your house. That reason is the turkey. All right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. But look, if I'm going to no do this, I'm going to need a personal day. <laughs> so, are you going to Bernie's? For- <laughs> are you going to Bernie's for Thanksgiving? I, uh, I, well, I am now. <laughs> What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Guys? Bring some leftovers. Uh, hosting, hosting uh, my in-laws. Oh shit! Which ones? The only in-laws I have. Okay, not your secret Eskimo family in-laws. <laughs> no. No. Okay. You've been playing too much Fable, too. <laughs> I will bring... You know, I actually used to bring, when we worked at the other company, and I was president of that company, I would bring Thanksgiving dinners to both <clears throat> those call centers for the guys who had to work on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I that. I, do you think they still do that? No, probably not. I hope they do. Um, they, they, they probably buy, like, a Luby's turkey or something, I bet. Yeah, we would load that place up with tons of food. Yeah. You know where you can buy a turkey from. I bet it's pretty good. It's Hoover's. They sell Thanksgiving turkeys, hmm. pre-made. You should look into that because you're addicted to that place. They uh, they also <laughs> sell pies. You know, have you seen like when they sell pies at Thanksgiving at Hoover's? They don't. They, they're so popular. They don't sell them at Hoover's. They sell them at the parking lot across uh, the street. Is that true? Really? Yeah. Really? Hoover's, yeah. by the way, is a local Austin restaurant. The people. It's really polarizing. People love it or hate it. 
people hate it? We hated it at first. We hated I guess. it at first. I know a lot of people. I think, that aren't I think big we hated it because we hated the guy who introduced us to it. I right? had a bad first experience there. I had a bad first experience too. But I've been <clears throat> two or three times since with Gus, and it's been great every time. Although one time I ate there and I thought I was going to die <laughs> of sickness, no, just of like grease and bad for you food. It's really like what do they call that? It's comfort heavy. food. Comfort yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's heavy. You know, we we went down to Buda because we're, while we're looking at buildings, oh, one of the buildings man, drew so drew us down to Buda, and we got to eat at Garcia's. Oh, you nice. Garcia's did you get me? Did you get Nortenia's or chicken fried chicken? It was Garcia's is the one restaurant that was across the street from our office in Buda. There was Garcia's, and then there was this place called Two Mamas, which was two ladies who ran a restaurant together. It's now closed, but the best part about that place was you couldn't order anything; you just walked in, and whatever they were serving that day, that's what you ate. Yeah, basically. But we went to Garcia's, Matt and I did, and we had our Garcia's chicken, which is awesome. But the Garcia's chicken fried chicken topped with queso has got to be one of the best things It's awesome. Ever. That's it, because we had that and the Nortenas were both awesome. Dude, the Nortenas are like, the, it's simultaneously the best and worst thing you can, you can do to yourself. The weird thing is sometimes it's not spicy. Like sometimes you'll eat the whole plate and like, okay, none of that was spicy. And then the next, t- next plate you get, every single bite is death. These yeah. are fajitas that are essentially made with, uh, I think, three or four Fresh jalapenos cut up and just mixed in there. Talk about assholes, too. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Seriously, Come on. dude. You shit fire for like six hours after that. You know, I have never had that phenomenon that people what? talk about. Oh, yeah. my God. Never had that. I can, wow. You can feel you it happening as you eat. You haven't lived. Like it's traveling I might be some body. kind of superhero. but <laughs> <laughs> Very, 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 very specific superpowers. But, yeah, so it's just like a jalapeno. We make those whenever we have barbecues. Yeah. We use Jeff's recipe, which I have completely now absorbed, where it's just a fresh jalapeno with cheese in it and then wrapped in bacon. Yep. And you just eat that like a and whole jalapeno. really hit or miss. I mean, like, you just don't know. Spice-wise. Joel, Spice-wise. Joel Jeez. literally had to go to the bathroom and cry at my house one time. <laughs> was, it was We all brutal. stood around and just watched him. It was the funniest thing. And everyone thing. was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. See? And then they take a bite out of it. And you could clearly just see the, pan, the you were twitching whimpering. eyes. It was bad. It was bad. It was funny. It is. The jalapeno is like the Russian roulette of the pepper world. It's true. It is. Because sometimes you will just get super mild ones, and the hottest pepper I have ever eaten in my entire life was a jalapeno. And there's no rhyme or reason. It doesn't It, it doesn't correlate to size or Mm-mm. color or anything. It's just totally hit or miss. But everyone has theories as to why it is. Like, you'll be sure. with people like, see this dent on was the it? front? That means it's a female jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> that like, I've never heard isn't, that. Isn't there a correlation yeah. with the seeds? It's the jalapeno I vagina. I, I don't think it's the seeds. seeds. I no? think it's actually the, the membrane. Yeah, the membrane. Yeah, yeah. The membrane. That's what they say, but who knows? Man, but I, I one time on a hunting trip, I bit into a jalapeno. We had hatch peppers and jalapenos, and we were just eating them, and all of a sudden one guy was like, whoa, and he was, you know, holding his nose, and he was crying, and I was like, what's wrong? Because he was from Arkansas. I said, you can't <laughs> take a hot pepper? He goes, that, he pointed, he was laying on the table, he goes, that is a hot pepper. I go, how hot can it be? He goes, tell you what, buddy, take a bite, you don't think it's hot. I could not breathe. I really, for a minute, I thought I was going to die because I couldn't breathe. And I just took one little bite out of it, and it was just, it was death. Was it raw, just fresh pepper? Or it was raw, just like wow. like out of the produce bag, you know, from H-E-B or whatever, from the grocery store. It's just pick it up, bite, and then just hold your hold your face and hope you don't die or like, light on fire. It's like the first time I, I ate the man up in uh, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Another great out of context quote. <laughs> I thought I thought I was good. I thought I was close to having people take me to the hospital. It was like, oh my god, that's terrible. And You're gonna have to explain what the man is. That made me. Yeah, the man is. Uh, I guess there's this barbecue place in Kirkland called Dixie's Barbecue, 
and you can go there, and they have a, a special hot sauce that they call the man. And uh, the owner will walk around with a little saucepan filled with the man, and he'll ask all the patrons, have you met the man? Have you met the man? Huh. And if you haven't met the man, he'll get a toothpick and dip like a tiny little droplet. Like, I don't even want to say a drop. A drop is too much. He'll dip like a droplet, like a tenth of a drop on the tip of the toothpick and say, here, try it. And it's the hottest thing you've ever eaten in your life. It's no joke. That toothpick can ruin your entire day. I'm surprised the toothpicks don't catch fire. Yeah. Yeah, like in the cartoon where they stir the potion with the metal spoon and it comes yeah, out and it's all, all burned. burned. Yep. That's what you expect that toothpick to look like. And, that, and that, that, the, the man is like, like no light escapes it. It's like a black hole. It's yep. so dark. I've never seen like a black hot sauce like that before. And it's just like a mass of seeds and it's kind of thick and weird looking. Yep. And it's in this little, he's got one saucepan that he carries around and serves this. You can't actually order it at the counter. You just order your food and maybe this guy will walk around with the saucepan asking mm -hmm. uh, if you want to try it. And then there's all these newspaper articles on the wall. And they're all the people who died. Well, they're all yellow with age. <laughs> they're all like these old reviews of the restaurant because it's in an old gas station. And some of these articles look like they're from 1965 because they're so old. But the dude and the pan are in the photos, and they look exactly the same. <laughs> it's like something out of The Shining. It's like yeah. he hasn't aged. He's got this pan. He walks around, you want to meet the man? And ironically, the, the, the man looks like it was drained out of like a 1965 Buick <laughs> and put into a pot. This is, and, this and, is and, like, and, then, and then if you ask the guy, you know, have you ever tried the man? He goes, no, I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's brutal. It's probably the most brutal thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. It's really rough. And we try to eat it every time we go, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I mean, why don't we just walk, start a restaurant and we'll just have a guy walk around with, like, a bucket of thumbtacks. <laughs> Here, want to try it? Oh, flavor. Thumbtacks. No. But I don't it, get it. And, and that place also has some of the slowest service. Like, you, it's like the Soup Nazi in Seinfeld. It definitely like, is. I've, yeah, I've, I've, get, I've been there waiting at the register to order, like, to pay for my food before. And, like, the woman at the register is obviously, like, talking to her doctor or refilling prescriptions. She, yeah, yeah. And, well, the, and the line is just, like, getting super long. And they're only open for, like, an hour and a half. And no, they're she's always... Like, she's battling with, like, the pharmacist on the other end of the line. They're always getting medication. into fights with each other, yeah, too. And I'm just standing there with my money. Like, the Soup Nazi, you're just like, please finish ordering your pills so I can pay you and eat my food. Yeah, I don't get it. And people love that stuff. It's people an love experience. like where people open restaurants is like, ha ha, our funny thing is we're gonna treat you like fucking shit. And people are like, Yes, <laughs> with, with these people it's it's, 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 treat like shit. With, awesome. with these people it's not an act though. I feel like they genuinely hate everyone. Oh yeah, I know. There's That's no true. joy in that place. The man sucked it all out. I, I I'm with Joel though. I hate that philosophy. Yeah. The like mean it. But it does, but it like it works. Nope. There was a place in Austin that had that and when they went out of business, I was so happy. What place was it? GM Steakhouse. And I like GM Steakhouse. I just hated that philosophy of mean service. You know, that guy that ran GM Steakhouse was always really nice to me. He would like he liked my ex wife and he would it was like the only person in the world that liked her, but he like, would come in and he would come up and give her a hug and like go down and put it. He was like super, go super, down, super nice. <laughs> he would give her a hug and go down. Oh, I was just gonna like sit us down and give her a hug and oh. be like, What do you guys want today? And no, was, like, did I hear that wrong? friendly? No, that's what he said. I don't know. Like I've heard that about that guy before too, but I, I had such an, a, a different experience. It was yeah, really weird. I, I never had a, a problem there. I probably only ate there two or three times ever. But, but it yeah. was the location on the drag, which was probably predates oh, you guys. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm talking about the one at Sixth and Lamar. The original one, yeah, yeah. The, the little one where it's like that little metal and glass door, and it's it's you, it's a space that could only be made for a diner because it's so long and thin, mm. and they just have a counter on one side. That's mm. the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you been to the new place there? The uh, no, I can't think of what it's called. Counter Cafe. I haven't been there. It's the, pretty good. I haven't been there since Rito's closed. I never got to go there. 
We're talking about food places that nobody cares about <laughs> in the podcast. That was a weird thing. I, I should, I'm just going to mention it real fast. That was like G&M Steakhouse during the day. Then they closed like at 8 p.m. or whatever. Then at, from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. it was a different restaurant called Rito's that served like little hamburgers. There was a period in there as well where it was a faux restaurant. Yeah, then I think after Rito's got kicked out, then uh, it was a faux restaurant. It was really bizarre. Bizarre yeah. place. The, uh, I, I feel like I feel obligated now to come up with something to talk to Gus about. So that we can, I can mend fences before he starts to edit the podcast. Just, just so you know, um, I'm taking this, you know, the rest of the week off for Thanksgiving. Then I'm taking Monday off too because that's my extra personal day. After you know what? That sounds fine to me, Gus. <laughs> that's totally acceptable. <laughs> Gus, I was, I was thinking about you the other day because they just had the fourth anniversary for the Xbox 360. Just hit its fourth birthday. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which was really the fourth anniversary of Zero Hour. It's the fourth anniversary of my hoodie. Yeah. Oh, you have your hoodie here. Perfect. Yeah. It's seen better days. It's uh, this. I think this is the last winter. It's gonna. Have. Let me see it. It's, uh, they gave away these hoodies at Zero Hour, which was the launch event for the 360. These are probably the best constructed garments I have ever seen in my entire life. It's great, except right here, like at the neck, it's starting to unravel, unravel well, it's a little bit. It's been four years. It's been four years, and by the way, you wear that thing all the time. I've worn that thing every winter for four years. Not all the time. I can't come up with specific examples, but <laughs> I've seen you wear it in the past. I'm wearing it right now. Jeff can back me up on that. It's, I. I like to. I like you both. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> but I, I wear mine all the time too. I'm not too big on zipperless hoodies, which is what it is. But uh, I just can't believe how good a garment that thing is. No, it's awesome. It's outlasted every 360. I think. Yeah, I was, was going to make a joke. I, <laughs> it's never red rings. Yeah, no red rings on those. You know, what really, in thinking about the the zero hour event, which they held in the Mojave Desert uh, about. A day before the 360 launch. It was like the evening before, right? Yeah, it was November 21st to 22nd. Yeah. I got my first achievement there, by the way. Because they gave us memory cards, and then we were able to get our gamer tags transferred to 360 gamer tags there at the event. And we were supposed to get a special gamer picture that showed us that we were at zero hour, and nobody got that. Well, I think some people did, just you and I didn't. Like, we went through the process. We went and Jeff the... didn't either. I didn't try, though. Yeah. I was like, I didn't bother using my gamer tag. I was like, I, I didn't see the point. Yeah, you and I went through the line because we wanted the memory unit. Yeah. That's how they did it. And we went through the line, went through the computers, and did all that stuff and didn't get it. Yeah. That sucks. And to this day, it still shows the first Xbox 360 game I ever played was Quake 4. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the first one I ever got Achievement Hunter was Perfect Dark Zero, and I got a headshot one, like 10 headshots. Oh, that's right. You do have that Achievement. Did you get it at Zero Hour? Is that I got it, it at Zero Hour. I always wondered when it was you sat down and played that. Fun. And I remember that thing blipped up on the screen, and I said, the hell is that? <laughs> that's, not gonna, that's not going anywhere. That's annoying. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get a single Achievement the whole time we were there. Really? Yeah, I think I played that and Dead or Alive 2 or 3 or Dead or Alive 4. 4? Okay. Yeah. I don't even remember what I played at that event. Yeah, we played Quake 4. We played Madden. I don't, we, I don't think we ever played any Madden. I played Madden, I think. Yeah. All I remember is that the entire... It was in a Air Force base, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was in a big... It was definitely in a big airplane hangar. And they had filled this thing with green lights. And so the whole... Everything in there was a shade of green. And it was weird at first... But it was much weirder for the several hours after we left that event when we couldn't see other colors on the spectrum. I mean, really, all you saw were shades of black and green. I was literally afraid that it had ruined my vision. Yeah, yeah that was, it did here. fuck with us. You know the thing I remember about that is that we stayed at the hotel in town. It was the last time in my life I think I've been in a in a town that was so small it only had one hotel. Yep. Or a motel, even. Yep. And how, it looked like some people, other How many people went to that event? Uh, four of us. It was me. No, no, no. I mean, like, total. Oh, a couple thousand. Probably. No, just four. <laughs> just four. <laughs> it's kind of small. Us and Kathleen. Yeah. Uh, it, was a- it was contest winners. 
and things like that. And I remember, you remember, it's hardware launch, so the hardware is very hard to get hold of. Part of the event was Best Buy had an entire line of cash registers where everyone at the event could then buy their 360. No, it wasn't even but no, everyone but you at had the to event. have pre-ordered. You had to, you had to have pre-ordered. That was the big controversy. Everyone thought they'd be able to buy it there, but then they couldn't. Oh, really? That, yeah, yeah. That's horrible when that situation Remember, unfolds right there where it's like, here, look, see, see, there, see, there was also, have it. There was also that weird thing at the event where people started stealing beanbags thinking that they were free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had all these white beanbags everywhere, yeah. yeah and it was people a... assumed they were free. It was a big event. They, they ended up giving them away. I think they ended up letting people take them. Yeah, that was a fun event, and I still have my 360 launch hoodie. I have that, and I have my Halo 3 launch party t-shirt. And I have an extra one in medium. I should probably give that away on the site. Yeah, you should. Do a little contest. Do a podcast contest. I still have that memory card we got when they transferred our uh, our Xbox Live accounts from I still have original the mem- Xbox to 360. The memory card. I just... You're just making me mad again that I don't have that gamer pack. I don't <laughs> know why. I don't know why I care about that. But, yeah, my zero-hour attendance. I, I, I've never seen those online. Have you ever seen anyone? No. I, Frankie, it, was, it was such a small group of people. Frankie has one. Mm. And I, you know, yeah, but even when I look on, like, uh, you know, like leaderboards and stuff like that, I would expect to see that zero-hour thing showing up more places. Yeah, I don't know. And it does it does go to show that initially they were going to start doing more stuff like they're doing now with Avatar Awards. They did have those plans early on that you could get special gamer picks that other people couldn't get. Spe- what- I was gonna say, speaking of Avatar Awards, I feel like they finally have, like, hit – you know, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I've been getting them pretty regularly now. Yeah, I got well, a bunch in uh, Left 4 Dead. Talking about Avatar Awards reminded me. I read this article on Statesman yesterday, and I meant to talk to you all about it. Statesman's the local newspaper. Um, I guess someone at UT is doing a study on video games and video game avatars, and they took people in and then you know had them play games and then assigned them avatars randomly. They were either given like avatars wearing all black clothing or all white clothing, and then they were given other avatars that were in costumes, like either. A, like a generic costume with no meaning attached to it, or they would dress them as KKK members. And they said that every time someone was wearing either black or the KKK outfit, that they were always assholes. That the, a, their avatar choice clearly influenced how they behaved in online games. They really? were given the avatar. Right, they were given the avatar. Interesting. Interesting. And that the people who were given like all black clothing or you know a charged outfit like a KKK outfit, they went out and were like instigators of trouble. <laughs> Immediately became racist. Interesting. That is interesting. Hey, before we go, um, I'd like to ask the three of you, and then also anybody that's listening, a question. I've been playing Fable 2 regularly with my wife, and we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up. We basically just have to do See the Future, and then it's done. And I want to play something with her next that has multiplayer that's similar to Fable 2. Do you have any recommendations? Army of Two? No, she. It's it's got to be fantasy, I think. It's got to be like... Have some sort of because she likes WoW, she likes Fable Two. I was thinking I've never played Kingdom of Keflings, but I hear that that's uh, might be fun. Is that a strategy game or is that an adventure game? It's like an adventure game. Is it like uh, does it have to be you know three sixty based? Yeah, it has to be three sixty. Why don't you guys play Cameo together? Since we're talking about launch titles, yeah, yeah, we could try that. She might like Cameo. Let's get co op. And I don't like Cameo, but she might like it. Cameo is a good game. Is it? Maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance. I recently read something where they named the top ten games by platform, top ten games on the PS3. Top 10 games on the Xbox 360. They put Cameo in the top 10. I wouldn't do really? that, but hmm. it's a good game. Yeah, it was all right. I remember enjoying it at launch. You yeah. guys have already played Viva and Pinata together, right? Yeah, and I was thinking she would like Fallout because the story is so good, and I think she would appreciate that because that's like her speed for combat. But uh, there's no multiplayer. Oh, I know what to do. Borderlands. Yeah, we're kind of playing Borderlands. We, we played it for about an hour. Maybe, maybe I'll give that Oh, it's not really run. fantasy, right? 
No, it kind of it kind of it's not like it's D&D. like sci-fi. She likes sci-fi yeah. the way Fallout too. is. You know, yeah, same kind of thing. But uh, there, there really isn't like another Fable Two style action RPG like like a fantasy style game. You could play Saints Row together. Yeah. I think that you they, have two Xboxes in your house. It's true. You get all your co-op stuff together too. It's true. I think the Borderlands and like Left 4 Dead, where you have like four people co-oping, I think that needs to be incorporated in like every game. You know, she might like Left 4 Dead. She she enjoyed playing it. Maybe she. Would you know like what? Left 4 Dead. Though not every game has the popularity to support four-player co-op, and I think a lot of games are falling into that trap. Yeah. I mean, you you just start off talking <laughs> about Left 4 Dead Two, which is a very popular title. It's a very new title, and you're having trouble getting together people to play it. Yeah, I mean, even if people are playing it, we've learned recently from the records here, that have been broken at here, online people, not thing. everyone's on at the same time. Right. Well, here's the other thing is just going into like a, a quick match. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, same here. It. Okay. <laughs> There's two people on my list that I always see playing that I can jump in with. But normally, if they're not on, I just go into a quick match. Who are those I, two people? I want to give their gamer tags. Okay. Uh, but uh, big, big news. I forgot to bring, mention earlier in the podcast. World of Warcraft turned five this, this week. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So Xbox Live or Xbox Three Sixty is four big deal. <laughs> so what? Five five years. Also, I didn't realize this, Warcraft but the Warcraft even... series turned fifteen years old. I asked really? the same question. Joel just asked a question. That's the same question I asked when I read that headline. What was your question, Joel? Uh, World of Warcraft is older than the Three Sixty. Yep, by a oh, year. That's not what I asked. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I asked. I can't believe that World of Warcraft is only five years old. That seems to me like a seven year old, eight year old game. To hey, me at this point. When did you start playing? Wow. Um, it launched, you know, in November of '04. I started playing January '05. Okay, so pretty soon. How much has it changed since the first? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> tons, right? Man, yeah, it's it's not you. It's it's unrecognizable. You know, I have unintentionally built up a weird kind of collection of video game memorabilia without yeah. really trying to do it. I'm not a big coll- mm-hmm. I don't like collecting. I think it's a, one of the lamest hobbies you could possibly have. But I've got that World of Warcraft launch collector's edition that's signed by the entire original development team. Uh, uh- Weird. I didn't know you had gotten that back. Oh, you mean for my brother? Yeah. Yeah, I, I told him he was going to try to sell it for money, and I said, don't do that. Just give it back to me, and I'll figure out something for it. That's cool. So. What are you going to do with it? I don't have it back yet, so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it was also the very first item ever auctioned at a Child's Play dinner. That's pretty cool. Because it was one of those things where it was that the first year cool. of Child's Play. They just started the auction, and I remember the reason I bid on it is because it was this lull kind of Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's just kind of sitting waiting for everyone else to bid, so I just started bidding on it just to kind of get the ball rolling. Sure. Maybe you should give it back to Charles Play so they can auction it again and use the money to benefit your brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. But the, uh, um, I wonder if there would be value in giving it back to them and seeing maybe they could re-auction. Do you think anyone's interested in a launch edition of World of Warcraft? I think there I might would... be a few people <laughs> interested in that. I, I, I think I know somebody in this room What I'm saying interested. is, do you think video game memorabilia is big? I mean, you're a huge WoW player. You know, what would you I, pay for that? For that, Here. I mean, I, I I wouldn't, but I could see people paying. You know, it's signed by the all the, all the launch development team. I could see that going for four or five grand. And Does here, it have and a vanity pet? The, yeah, yeah. And, and it has a vanity pet. You and, can't oh, get anymore. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, I mean, that thing how how can it not be worth a lot more money down the line from here? I don't think video games hold up the way you think. Not, we not yet. We had this conversation a while back, Bernie and I did, and I think we both came to the conclusion that th- there's no. Right There's no now, staying power in that. Right now, no. I even then, like there was a time back when I, uh, when PlayStation came out. Okay, yeah. to give you an example, when to get a copy of Chrono Trigger, you would have to pay eighty or ninety dollars, and then they just released it on the PlayStation, and then you could get them for like. Well, no, I'm talking 40. about I'm talking about unique. Bernie. I'm talking about unique items. Right, right here, look at this. Signed. This is World of Warcraft Collector's Edition Factory Sealed Box, not even signed. 
It's got five bids on eBay. It's already $1,025 with nine and a half hours to go. Well, my, the one that I bought at Child's Play had a three-year subscription, which my brother used, and yeah. he also used the pet. Oh, so, he used the pet? Uh, oh. Of course he did. You know, I gave it to him as a gift. So I got the thing for 300 bucks at the time. The actual subscription card that came in it, which was good for three years, was less or was worth more than the value than what I paid for it at the time. Yeah, so. you get the deal of the century. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was weird because nobody, nobody was just, you know, nobody was bidding. And then later in the evening... Somebody bid $40,000 on nothing. Remember that? I do. That, that kind of got crazy at the Child's Play auction. Yeah. 40000 Well, wow. Joel, let me give you an example of what you're saying. You're saying that you can't believe stuff isn't worth more. No, no, Here's no. no. I mean, I'm just saying – that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think given some time, given some more years, I think stuff like this is going to definitely escalate in price. Stop looking at the screen. <laughs> Here's an Atari 2600. That's obviously a touchstone for older people, older gamers who have money uh-huh. and can afford to say, oh, I want to play all the old Atari 2600 games I played as a kid. Yeah. Here's a working Atari – 2600 system with 42 games and all original accessories. Uh-huh. But is it signed by anyone? <laughs> no, it's not signed by anybody. Okay, how much? But how much do you think much? how much would you pay for that? Well, just guess. The, the way the, the system and 42 games. The system and four, well the way you're painting it right now makes me want to lowball it. Yeah, it's a good idea. You should. 100 bucks. 70 bucks. So even your lowball it's like here's here's why I don't think it'll have a long-lasting collectability. Uh-huh. Okay. The thing that like you wanted to go buy it like Say you're into, like, guitars, and you go buy an autographed Chuck Berry guitar, all right? And you'll pay five or $10,000 for that, right? For two reasons. One, everybody knows who Chuck Berry is right. because he was famous. And two, you could still physically play the guitar. 20 years from now, you're not going to be able to play that copy of World of Warcraft, and no matter how collectible it is, because the technology will have so far surpassed it that there's no way to access the entertainment yeah. within there, even if WoW still exists. And then two, nobody in the world is going to give a shit who the developers of WoW were in 10 years. It's, sad, can, it's a sad fact. It's a but sad I would fact, agree. but I mean, I bet nobody in this room can name one of those developers right now, and I don't think that's fair. But that's just the way it is. There's no star power there. Gus might be able to name one or you're, two. You probably are probably so right. I, I what think if it, you, it what has, it has the, a collectability what, what value in the, the original. Interim? What if he had one of the original Macs signed by Steve Jobs? That's different because that's, you know who Steve Jobs yeah, is. Yes, it's you're talking about Steve Jobs. Back in the day, back in the day, did anyone know who Steve Jobs was? Like, let's say before Steve Jobs. Yeah, well, that's possible if that like some. Some developer on WoW becomes a billionaire and, you know, develops some huge product yeah, line, starts, maybe. starts leading Blizzard and makes them, you know, turns them from losing but money I just, to making I, don't think, I hear what you're saying. I don't, think there's an, there's, I, what you're saying. I don't think there's a long-term inherent collectability in software. Who do you think is the most famous person in all of video game development? The Richard, great. Richard Garriott. Uh, okay. I'm thinking more like Cliffy, Cliffy, B, Cliffy B, maybe. Let's, uh, take, let's take out the Japanese guys. Because that's a different category, oh, yeah. like yeah. Miyamoto okay. and Miyamoto those guys. guys. So just American video game developers. Most famous or most like most known name? Probably at the, today, Cliffy B, I would think. Because I, I, this is weird, too. I have stuff signed by Richard Garriott. I have like the Ultima 4, the fourth one off the production line signed by Richard Garriott. I got another auction. Unintentionally, I got that. Yeah. I have a floppy disk copy of Alkabeth, which is, I think, one of only seven in the world. Yeah. And I think that's that's very collectible now. I don't know that in ten years it will be. I, I wonder mean, if you said Richard there, Garriott because you know because you were at that event with him. Uh, well, I just know he's a recognizable name. I probably could have said American McGee, or I mean, there's a bunch of people out there. I wouldn't he, put him up there. I put like Cliffy B and maybe like uh, John like, John Carmack? John Carmack. You could John put up Carmack. there. But the thing is, like Richard Garriott is a guy who who was very influential to gaming. I mean, you spent your entire childhood playing his games, right? Yep. And he was a big deal, and he's a really big deal to you. But I would wage that because he doesn't make relevant games anymore and his last game was kind of a failure, that there are, like, 
I don't know if you named if you asked pulled fifty percent of the Xbox three hundred and sixty users, they would have no idea who he was. I bet most of the people who, when you said his name here, most people would have to look him up. Yeah, and like his 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 fame isn't going to exist, you know, because tech not because games come out so quickly and the technology changes so much that I don't think that a lot of those people have any kind of staying power. And and cl- maybe Richard Garriott's collectability collectibles are worth four or five grand right now, but I think those will actually deteriorate in time. It's so funny, you know, because it's like you think about professional sports or other things where you have stars and this, that, and the other thing. Man, video games is the one medium where it is just about the game. It is. And not even that. It's just... It's It's the product itself. Temporary, like, you can, for the next 50 years, you'll be able to go back and watch Michael Jordan clips and go, those are amazing, right? Right, there's no... Right. you you can't go back. Nobody really wants to go back and play those old games or, like, I'm not going to go back No one holds up. Yeah, yeah, they don't hold up. What was the guy that was on 60 Minutes... Uh, fatality. Oh yeah, like that guy. That guy. He's supposed to be a big star. Wins lots of events. You know, does all the stuff. You know, and also it's a, it's a medium where every three years you replace whatever it is with a yeah. new version of it, and then the old one becomes antiquated. What's your point but on fatality? I want to hear you finish that thought. He's not that important. Yeah. No, he's just not that important. But that's the other. That's the other thing. Like the way technology is right now, and the way it's evolving so so quickly. Are we going to get to a point where it sort of plateaus enough where it's like we have enough processing power or whatever where it will just stop evolving? So we'll hit a point where it's almost enough. Is that, is you mean like film? Saying? Like a microwave almost. Like it's like we get to – like film, anything, you know, where it's yeah. like, okay, here we are. This is going to kind of be it for the next I – don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I we know. really don't I, know the early film guys. Nobody talks about them. I mean, we when you think about the earliest person you know who worked in film, you get down to, like, Charlie Chaplin. Like, Valentino. Those kind of guys. I mean, there was people, a lot of people before that were that were working in the early days that when you see it, you hear the same thing you hear about old games now. You look at it, and somebody tells you how important this thing was. And you're like, yeah, okay, it's a, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a guy running. Yeah, it's a guy running. Or, yeah, they shot a cannon at the moon. Okay. You it could, looks pretty good. Yeah, and like, but at the time, this was crazy. You, know? you, don't, and, you don't even have to go that far back. You could go to, like, go back to Hitchcock and, like, go back and watch Psycho. It's not that great of a Citizen movie. Kane. It's a good Citizen example. Kane, well, I think Citizen Kane holds up pretty well. But, like, Psycho was so terrifying. I watched this documentary on Hitchcock right. that women were fleeing the theater 45 minutes in crying right, right, because right, they right. couldn't stand what they were seeing on screen. Right. And it's so, like, vanilla now to watch it. And it's actually kind of a, like, there's not a scary moment in Psycho. Right. Sure. There's not a suspenseful moment. But at the time, when it hit, it was terrifying. And but yet, killed what's her face. A Hitchcock signed poster of Psycho would sell extremely well. Probably. It would definitely be worth more than the poster was yeah. when it originally sold. Yeah. This Atari twenty six hundred, that's probably fifteen hundred dollars worth of equipment bought in nineteen seventy eight dollars or whatever you know nineteen eighty two. Now it's worth seventy bucks. Yeah. I guess, I guess the, the thing that I'm thinking is that if it doesn't stop, if, if the technology just keeps rapidly evolving like this, it seems like there's no time for uh, to get a hook. You know where I, yeah. I know people understand. You know I, I don't know which I think, puts which thereby puts value on things. Sure, but, I, but if you're in Japan. And you had a Miyamoto signed copy of you know the original Mario Brothers. What would that be worth? Probably a lot of money. Probably. Or who's the dude who makes Metal Gear that everybody loves so much? Well, here's another thing: like the Mario thing has been a franchise forever. You know, you understand Mario back then. You understand that is associated with one person, even though clearly that guy's not making all the games. A lot of things have have got to happen. A lot of stars have got to line up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stars have got to line up. Well, Joel, I mean, you don't follow this stuff quite as closely as we do. Who is the most famous person you can name from video game development? I, that's the thing. I couldn't – I would have to – most of the people, all of the people you mentioned, I don't know. 
Garriott, I know, but I probably knew just because of conversations around here. Yeah. Like, I would want to say the two guys that make the two the two guys that started Grand Theft Auto, but I don't even know their names. You know, the guys that just left. No, I don't, I don't know. Their own company. To answer your question, uh, a year and a half ago, a Miyamoto signed Super Famicom went on eBay for about fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> the Super Famicom is the predecessor to the NES. Well, the Super Famicom is the Japanese equivalent of the Super NES. Yeah. Okay. I still think what I said was correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think their Super Nintendo preceded our regular Nintendo. Do you think that? Uh, do you think what, what has more people who follow the NFL, fans of the NFL, or ple- people who play video games? And j- all video games. Video games. Well, how many copies of Madden sold? Uh, I don't think that's an accurate way to look at that, but I think, I see, I, it's got to be NFL because NFL is on TV and it plays every week. But no, it's, it's let's passive. talk about worldwide, right? Gaming is worldwide. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, hands down, gaming. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say gaming probably. Probably more, probably more soccer fans than gaming fans, though. And what's your point here? I well, it's funny because video gaming makes more money probably than Uh a medium like the NFL. It has more fans, if you want to call it that, more people that actively engage in it. I think, right? um, I don't know. I think video games mean more to me than what the NFL does. I put more money into video games. But it's still there's still no value there. Uh, uh, sure, like, but Coca Cola. I'd, I'd rather have a signed helmet by you know. Video games are more of a product. Like Coca Cola's makes more money than than say indoor soccer. But there's a lot of people who'd be much more interested in meeting a guy on the indoor soccer team than the CEO of Coca Cola. I guess that's what it is. Is because it's like it, there's that exclusivity. Where it's like if you're watching somebody in the NFL, it's like wow, that's a rare, rare, rare thing. The product is Where, not the person, right? That's the thing. Is that the, in all these other things, the product is the people. Yeah, you know the well, NFL. The team is a bunch of people, so you can meet those people. But they're playing a game. You know, if we get, if we get to the point where you can actually meet a character in a game, that might be an interesting thing. Well, you I can meet how. you can meet the developers. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's not the same thing. It's like meeting the meeting Jerry Jones or something. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not the same thing. I mean, there's a reason why people would probably want to meet Daniel Radcliffe more than J.K. Rowling. That's I a great that. example. Yeah. You know. Is she wrote the book? She wrote Harry Potter. He is Harry Potter. It's a different. It's a different thing entirely. I mean, hmm. uh, how many of these girls do you think would scream at the top of their lungs when the Twilight author walks through the room? Right. They're not going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the way, I love that. Can I tell you how much I love the Twilight thing? I, I, everyone makes fun of it. I don't know. You know, people who are in that geek or nerd culture, or whatever, they tend to make fun of other stuff that other people like that they don't like, which is so stupid. Yeah, I think it's all connected. You know, you talk about the NFL. I love that sports guys will make fun of, say, like cosplayers, and yet they'll go to the football game in a jersey. You know, that's true. You know, it's they dress true. up like the players on the field and they go to a football game, I mean, but they don't see the, the correlation. Look at some of those Raider fans wear yeah. a wedge of cheese on their head. Or yeah, they dress up with, <laughs> yeah, they dress up with like ladies with pig noses for the Redskins. Sorry, Joel, I know you're Redskins. Hey, um, I'm a fan of pigs. By the way, we should talk about the Silver Dome in just one second. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I love Twilight. I love that in 2009. That there is still something in the world that makes teenage girls scream at the top of their lungs. Well, all, there always will be, right? I yeah. hope so. I hope we don't get to the point where everyone is so jaded. You no, know, there, there always will be. I, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad that it still exists because I would not have been able to think of what that would be. That would make girls like, scream uncontrollably at the just, top just, of their lungs. Have you seen any of the, of the movies? What's that? Have, have, have <laughs> I saw. I saw Twilight, the first movie. I saw it on a plane. What'd you think? I mean, it, is it bad? Was Almost unwatchably bad. It well, was atrocious. Here, here's the funny thing. There was no plot introduced into that film until an hour and 30 minutes in. Really? It was bizarre. It's it, Because to me, it seems like to reach that sort of audience, to make that sort of money, it has to be very formulaic. That's the only way you sort of reach that 
Oh yeah, it's just about teen angst. I mean, sure, that, but and I can see why it appeals, and I'm sure the books. I, I would never compare a book to a movie from, from a quality standpoint. I'm sure the book Here, is a lot a weird better. Here's thing, though. Like, if you watch a movie like Twilight and you don't like it, you know, you you have some years on you, obviously. And it's like, you've well, I've seen the story before. Whatever. You just don't like it. You know, you feel you've like been, you've been introduced to that it. formula but enough yet, times. But it's... yet, if you're a filmmaker, it's like, well, I, I know all the elements that are involved in this. You know, hire a good-looking guy, whatever. Put all the variables together. I could write this and produce this. But at the same time, you have no respect for your own work. Could you do it? Yes. Could I do it? We were just I don't know. About, I we, think it's a harder. I think we were talking about that on a corporate level just a little while ago. We were talking about could you build I mean, a company? It, it becomes a product. Yeah, you don't care if the you don't care if this thing actually makes money just so you can sell it to somebody else. You know, you don't care if this thing has value. You just care that you can sell it to somebody. Other people will find, but it does have value. I don't. Know, you know. It has one hundred and forty million dollars worth of value. There you. Well, yeah, you know? that's a, that's no, a no. lot of million. That's that's what it's that's its money. That's what it makes. I, when you talk about value, value means something entirely different to me. I mean, that's that's its monetary. Value. But, but, it's, but it, in, in entertainment, it's totally different. I think. But here's the other there thing: is if value you're seven, in, if in you're Twilight. Se- I'm sorry, seven? I said there is value in Twilight. Obviously, to millions of fans who read the books. Right. Some of our wives right. are into Twilight. Sure. I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's like, get on that road. <laughs> it's weird and creepy, you know. <laughs> but that's. I don't know. That... What, what's, what's your point? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I don't know. If you're a filmmaker, it's like most of the things, especially young filmmakers, it's like I want to become a filmmaker because I want to say what I want to say or I want to tell the story that I want to tell. I would, uh, you know? And then other part of it is like also I'll make lots of money. I would so disagree with what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that's the path for most people anymore. I don't think people have something they want to say. I think you can very clearly people that have something they want to say because their first thing is very good. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, what you're talking about, those artists, you see something comes out, it's like, wow, this first thing they put out is tremendous, and there's a steady decline because they have less and less things to say. I think now well, you I'm have just, people I'm who just, go just... through all the effort of making productions, and they don't have anything to say. No, 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 but what I'm saying is, well, I guess what I'm questioning, what is the main motivation for people who want to be filmmakers? I what? think people want to be famous. Hmm. I think that's the thing now. It's everybody just wants to be famous, right? I don't know who directed but, Twilight, but I wouldn't say that the guy set out to make a bad movie either, though. Catherine Hardwick. I just looked Catherine it up. Hardwick. I'm sure she put a lot of work and effort and into it, and I, I'm sure she I, made I, what I she know. thinks is a really I, good movie. Like when I was, I and feel like when I was in Hollywood, there was a lot of like, basically, like you had people working on projects, movies, TV shows, and it was just like very workmanlike. Um, yeah. Where you think it's a position of art, and it's there's no art. Where it's just like I will take this variable, I will put this variable into the formula. I will take this variable, I'll put well, this variable in the formula. Let me ask you this, because you worked on Angel for a very long time, for like five or six years, however long Angel was on the air for. At some at some point, at some level, I'm assuming it's at Josh Whedon. There is somebody that cares and is trying to make the best possible story. Absolutely true. Like Josh Whedon, he I think cared, and it's like he wrote something that he loved. Yeah. Same with Firefly. Sure. But he was, you know, he had, he, that, that's the great thing right there is if you can operate on two levels where you can both satisfy your own creative itch and it also appeals to people. Yeah. But it didn't but, appeal to people enough because. Well, and it's they, still, still lasted for a long time. I mean, well, at the height of its popularity, that show was at, at, more popular than Buffy. I don't know if you know that. Hmm. Well, I guess I always go to like Firefly, you know, because it always yeah. seemed like to me that was the project that he liked the most. I imagined and um, that had the least success. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, Did you ever see Lords of Dogtown, Jeff? Uh, the documentary or <clears throat> the f- the re- the movie? <clears throat> the movie. No, okay. I saw the documentary. This the same woman who Dogtown directed Twilight uh, directed Lords of Dogtown. Oh yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know if that was any good or not. I, I wanted to see it. I don't even know she, who wrote it. She was also a production designer on Car 54, Where Are You, the movie, and Tank Girl. Car 54, <sighs> Where Are You? You know, I credit Tank Girl as being one of the first um, comic book movies in the current generation of comic book movies. Sure. There's a lot of people that like that movie. I thought that movie was horrible. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I saw it in Germany at a movie theater that served beer. It was the most novel thing in the world to me, <laughs> and now I do it every now week. Now you take it for granted. Yeah. God, I haven't seen her in a long time either. Uh, Lori, Lori Petty. Petty. Right, yeah. I just saw her in Point Break the other day. <laughs> nice. Oh, and in Free Willy, because Millie went on a, was on a Free Willy kick for a while. Um, were you going to say something about the Silver Dome? Did I hear that? No. Oh. Yeah, we yeah. found this out. The, the Pontiac Silverdome, which was the former home of the Detroit Lions, uh, recently sold in Detroit. I didn't even realize they had moved to a new stadium. Correct? Yes. And it was sitting vacant, and they, Wh- they sold the property. When when did they move from... I, I didn't even know. No, but do we know? No. I'll check my Detroit Lions newsletter. <laughs> um, but they sold the Pontiac Silverdome for $580,000. I think you're correct. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Do we that, know seem, who- that seems like a steal. Do we know who bought it? Uh, quite literally a steal because 40 years ago, apparently it was a bond. Taxpayers paid $54 million to build that stadium. Wow. And it sold for $580,000. That's so a some serious like, depreciation. It was some like Canadian dude or something, right, that bought it? God. I think. I could be wrong about that. Who knows? But just some dude. What do you do I with wonder, I, Yeah, exactly. Like, what's, what's going to happen? He had the most badass I, house ever. I had heard that the plan for it was to... Um, make it an indoor soccer stadium. But still, $580,000. Hopefully the losingest soccer team ever will play there. <laughs> that scares the hell out of me. I don't know why. It's like Detroit is becoming this vortex. Yeah. It's really, really scary. Well, dude, That's a stadium, dude. That's a stadium, a dome stadium. $580,000. When the recession first was at its peak, uh, and there were all the stories uh, about Detroit, Gus and I went and did home searches in Detroit, and you could buy like three thousand square foot, like hundred year old manor style homes that in Austin would be like one point two million dollars. You could buy them for like six and seven grand. It Yikes. was crazy. Yeah, yeah, Yikes. it's amazing. You could buy a neighborhood and make it a good neighborhood. You could. You could buy a neighborhood and make the neighborhood good. Right, just put a gate up. Wow, put a wall. Yeah, you know, with the that. I mean, that's the thing. It, 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 it gets. It gets. To, it gets to a point where it just gets to be crazy, crazy value, and then that's when it will turn. And okay. hopefully that's the turning point for them. To sure. answer your earlier question, Joel, the Lions played their first game at Ford Field on September 22nd, 2002. Yeah. Wow. They've been, so they've been out of the Silverdome for a while. Yeah. And luckily they got in there and had their big 0-18 season. Good for them. Well, uh, I, guess, I guess that's part of how you get to that price, right? Is it probably been sitting there for a long time. Yeah. Wikipedia defines that season as the historic 2008 season. <laughs> nice. Toronto developer Andreas Ospostolopoulos. That's his name. Read that. How do you read that, Joe? What is that name? Apostolopoulos. <laughs> that is the greatest that, name I've ever seen in my life. Is that Greek? Mind. And very, can- very Canadian. <laughs> Clearly, Canadian name. Thought the same thing. Took his money to the third world city of Detroit and bought the freaking Silverdome for third. $583. The third world city of 80,000. Whatever. I mean, it's close <laughs> enough. Yeah. The difference between $583, $583,000, when you start at an f- asking price of $55 million, it's insignificant. To build, it costs $55 million to build. So wow. we could have bought it for Rooster Teeth World Headquarters. It seats 80,000 people. Should have. Should have. Should have. Could have had a good seat there. We'd have to hire a lot of people to fill that seat. <laughs> it's got 80,000 seats. Okay? Okay. So think about that. 
at 10 bucks a seat, it should have sold for 800000 They made less selling it than they did filling it in, a, in one day. You're absolutely correct. One football game would have quadrupled the sales of that place. I mean, literally, you could all pool your money together buying tickets and say, let's just buy this place. It's like being in a bar and like, hey, we should buy our own bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's got to be a situation where you can go on eBay right now. You can like look for the uh, Magnum PI for Ferrari, and you can buy that for $25,000. The problem is that the you know second engine service for that car is ten thousand dollars, so sunken costs that uh, are. So, so you're saying that the upkeep what's the second on... engine? So the second engine service. What's the second engine? No, he, the, no, 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 the, the second, second time you have an engine service. You get the engine service for oh, it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, so I mean, so you're saying the upkeep is, it makes it not worth there's it. Gotta, right? There's got to be right. Would you really? Uh, I mean, what's the electricity bill for one day? Would you make that your daily driver? I mean, really? Would you? Like, and you're not buying the Magnum PI Hawaiian shirt to wear it around town, you know? I would buy Higgins, though. <laughs> What's Higgins? Higgins is Butler. Butler. I never watched Magnum PI. Uh, I don't know anything about it. It's before right. my time. We should probably start wrapping this up. We're going real <laughs> long right. today. How long do we go? Uh, pretty long. That's going to crash. Yeah. You know is there lots of stuff to cut? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> let's, let's, how about we end the podcast first? All right, let's go get some lunch and mull it over. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's GPS our lunch. Yeah, right. I hope there's not a lot to cut. Guess might want a personal day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yay! thanks for listening, everyone. Ta-ta!